are a detective sergeant. You're assigned to homicide detail. A small boy is reported missing from his home. His age, nine years. Foul play is suspected. Your job, find him. Hello, and welcome to Ramjack and the Festival of the Doomstalking. Hello, everyone. I'm Alex, and joining me today for Ramjack is our good friend and our co-host, Brad. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. In theory, not really, though. Oh, halfway to the holidays. Kind of. Let's just pretend it's not summer. (laughs) When the sun is out blazing. We're going to do a holiday show to cool us down. I need everyone to go get your cool chain from the freezer. I know you've got five on tap, just like there. Go grab one. Now I imagine having like a little, almost like this equivalent to a key holder thing that you just have inside of your freezer. You put your chains on, you take a chain, leave a chain, and then you'll always have cold chains. I think I need to do that. I think that's what all of us need to do. Oh, Get Dude, a key I holder. Need, I, need, I need a chain compartment in my little mini fridge here. You that. do. Just pop that in there. But, this, oh. but the, the sound strategy, Brad, is you take a chain and you leave. Take a chain. That way you always a have a gold chain. Yes. You get to invest in heavy chains. Heavy chains for this <laughs> holiday season. Well, it's Christmas in July. We're going right? to make it a thing. That's a thing. We're going to make it a thing. People have been pretending it's a, it a thing for a long time. Brrr. Just hear those sleigh bells jingling. <laughs> Guys, we got a great show for you. Of course, we're going to be reviewing the Christmas episode of Dragnet. Yes. You are not prepared for the insanity and how apropos it is for modern times. Oh, I love it. Yes. The long, the long promised sure, Christmas have... episode of Dragnet. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of weird stuff. We'll get to that later. But first, there's other stuff to talk about. Of course, Brad's going to tell us how certain Christmas things end. Of course. Maybe there's a bing game going on. I don't know. But first, I've got to tell an anecdotal story. Can I Can I just... Brad, can I start? Please, jump in there. <laughs> Give us the update. Brad, I'm, I'm so sorry to just throw this in at the head of the show. Because it actually has nothing to do with Christmas and I feel bad about it. I tried That's so hard fine. and I was thinking, That's how can I spin fine. this? This story is going to be a gift to our listeners. Here's your first present. <laughs> so, in the morning, I okay, I run downstairs, ready to go to work. I grab my little lunch pail. I throw in the odd snacks. I, I don't have time today to pack my lunch. Um, I throw in just a Coke Zero. Just throw in a Coke Zero from the fridge. I grab a Pop-Tart and a peanut butter cup, and I go. Not Reese's peanut butter cups, but the little gifs that come in the plastic. Love those things. Just peanut butter to go. Driving to work, open my little cooler, pull out the Coke Zero without thinking about it, and just put it right there in the cup holder. Merging onto the interstate, I'm driving. It's a safe It's a safe place and a safe time to crack open that sweet, sweet Z and get my first dose of caffeine in the morning. Crack it, put it up to my lips, and before I can drink, I smell something off. Oh no. I pull back, and one of Emily's beers is in my hand as I'm driving oh. down the interstates. And I'm like, no! You're a criminal. Not even thinking about, I didn't take a sip. It touched my lips, but no sip. I did smell it, and I thought, it was weird, because I smelled alcohol immediately. I was like, what the fuck? And I looked back and was like, this is a beer. How did this happen? 
Wow. And then, of course... And then uh, you get pulled over and... Yeah, I assume, whoop, whoop, oh, fuck. Officer, you gotta believe me. I almost never drink. Get out of the car. Regio writes, on this, the precipice of Christmas in July. Oh, boy. What about the kids, officer? Um, so... Obviously, I put it in my cup holder and just drive to work. Like, all right, whatever. I can only hope that someone around me on the interstate looked over and saw it and was freaked out or like, I had provided some amusement. So I go in, I go I go to work. We have a convenience store. Of course, I get the zero. I know everyone was a little bit like, well, did he get the zero or not? He's driving with open container laws. Alex, who never I, drinks. I, I would be terrified to have that in my car. I, I did open like that is sounds I couldn't be more terrified. I'm like, I, I where do I pull off? Where do I pull off? What do I do? I, 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 I gotta get rid of it. I gotta get rid of it. Do I throw it out the window? No, that's even worse. Oh no. I should have freaked out and rode on the window and like tried to make eye contact with people around me and like just started screaming and looking at it and throw it out the window just to amuse everyone. <laughs> and then it and then it like crashes into a cop car and smashes their windshield. <laughs> and then like I'm assuming like the bad kind of stoner or comedy that we're kind of riding with this they're like Whoa! and they drop their donut and their coffee and then they chase me down the interstate mm. all because i didn't take time in the morning to check to make sure the can why do we keep the beer cans or the coke zero cans they're not there now is all i gotta say <laughs> i learned my lesson well friend <laughs> and it wasn't so much i am so far vigilance vigilance yeah, I, my friend yes Eyes on the prize of that sweet Z in the morning. Not like just autopilot, like, I'll just grab a cold can. I don't have to bend down and look over. I'm taking that extra time. Um, But the weirdest thing is, like, a lot of people laughed at first, but then got really serious about, dude, you need to really, like, take care of that. Is that just open in your car right now? And I'm like, of course. I'm not just going to throw out a beer when I get to work. I don't think. Like, why would I... I, If I poured poured it out of my car... I would pull over to a gas station and... Like, like, get like, find something that I can wrap it up in and get it in a trash can immediately. I can't, I can't explain to you how terrified the concept of that being in my car would make me. And again, I guess it's because, like, I may have two or three alcoholic drinks in a year, like straight up. Sure. So I guess I'm so far removed from the alcohol laws and having to be safe about it that I'm like, oh, I grabbed the wrong can. Let me put this back in the cup holder like I would anything other container thing. I know what I did was wrong, Brad. You will lose your license so fast. Yeah, and I know that now. Thankfully, no one saw me. But someone did see me, Brad, Mm -hmm. because I went to run an errand during lunch, during lunch, and I, I pulled up to a Kroger. And this Kroger has a McDonald's kind of in its parking lot, and the drive through looped around. So I parked pretty close to the um, McDonald's, um, and I walked over to the trash can by the um, fast food, like, drive through line. So I open the door. I'm like, I'm going to throw this beer away now. So I get the beer out. I have it in a hand. I shut it. And it's kind of obvious that it's full because the way I'm holding it. And I'm walking over to the trash can. And someone, I kid you not, has sunglasses on, slowly lowers their sunglasses, looking at me through the drive-thru with their mouth gaped open like, what the fuck? And then they, like, pull their glasses down and look at me, other people looking at me, and they just, everyone is shaking their heads and judging. And I'm like, guys, (laughs) I thought it was a sweet tea! I'm sorry! I'm not drinking! (laughs) Oh, God, that's a nightmare. shaking their heads like, oh, Oh, you you son of a bitch. bitch. I don't drink! Alex, how I dare didn't you? I did a sip. I, this is throwing me... To, like, but I didn't... In my mind, I don't know if it was because the beer was full and I was wasting a beer. But this could have been an alcoholic. I don't know. We're, Alex, we're going to have to have a fucking intervention. Like, uh, uh, listen. 
Look, I know. One one is too many. You you were there. You were you were there at my house the night we got the news that my cousin got killed by a drunk driver. You were there. True. That was a long time ago. And again, uh. it was an accident. I, I reached into the refrigerator assuming the can hmm. was. How did hmm. I know that over hmm. the course of the weekend someone had added beer? Well, she told me there was beer in there. But how did I know we would add it right by the Coke Zero? Listen, this is what you're going to do. It's not there gotta, now. You've you got to prepare your lunch the night before, friend. i got to prepare it now. i got to have that sweet Z in it. I'm going to start. I'm gonna make it a mini fridge just to keep the sweet Z in now. <laughs> yes. i got to take harsh, harsh measures to make sure that this doesn't happen again. I'm, I'm getting my lunch ready now. Let's my wake-up call All right. was that I drink got a yogurt. Oh. And I got a cherry Coke Zero. I do not I have need. alcohol. Brad, I need you to bring the label of that a little bit closer to the camera. The, the the yogurt? No, that's definitely yogurt. Okay. What about that cherry Z? Right. All right, I see the nutritional informations. Okay. Okay, I do see Coke. That is a Coke. Okay. You can and put then, that in there. And then I'll just get my bran flakes here. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a wait. minute. Whoa, whoa, oh, red alert, red alert. Guys, Hold Brad on. just put something that's definitely not a bran flakes box. It's a blue bottle. Oh, no. That's not... Oh, what did I do? What did I oh, do? Oh, no! Brad. I confused that's my bran flakes with vodka again. <laughs> Liquor is not lunch, Brad. I'm learning this now. <laughs> I oh never boy. thought it was, to be honest, but such danger. Thankfully, no one saw me, and it's taken care of. All right. Don't let it happen again. The only again. thing I won't, it will not happen again. I am nervous. I am nervous for you in the past. It was, I, yeah, on the way to work, I thought, this sucks. I don't have my sweet Z. And I thought, is it? Like, aren't there laws about people having alcohol just open in their car? There's got to be, right? I mean, there should be a law against that. Definitely laws against that. I mean, I'm going to go to get to work. Fine. But then I thought, would people judge me if I carried... Again, I obviously I mishandled the situation. I will never be in that situation again. Trust me. All I'm saying is, was it a, was it a Christmas in July miracle that the cops didn't see me? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. But I, I like to think like I like to think that in my heart of hearts in this... What do, what do you call the furthest from the furthest point from the holiday season? Is this the holiday solstice? Mm. The dark solstice? <laughs> the dark solstice. <laughs> welcome to the dark solstice, everyone. Guys, welcome to the time of the dark solstice, where we're the furthest from the holidays that we love. But we're going to try to keep that candle lit. We're going to try to brighten that darkness with a little bit of holiday cheer. Amazing. Brad, you got a Bing story. You got your. Are we binging? What are we doing? Uh, listen, uh, this is a game. We, I don't. When was the last time we did this? Was it like the video episode? Was it been that long? It was a while, man. It was um, a long time ago. This is a delightful game, um, in which I take a, a a movie synopsis and I run it through the Bing translator a few times. Um, going back and forth between some languages. Um, I just want to say the Bing translators added some languages. There's a lot more options now. Um, and really, if you really want to um, confuse some text, I highly recommend going English to Klingon <laughs> to Welsh to Hungarian, and then you know whatever beyond that. But you really, you really get some good mix-ups in there. So, uh, Alex, I've got some holiday films. Sweet. So uh, there's your clue. It's all holiday themed. Um, some so wait, are definitely more difficult than others. Okay, I'm just making sure. But these are all like famous holiday films, right? These are all holiday films that you will theoretically recognize. All Christmas holiday? Or all, December holiday? All December holidays. Okay, 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 okay. Just making sure. So, um, and you know, the thing is with this, 
Sometimes some things don't translate well, you get some weird random words in. Um, also, I try to take out proper nouns when possible. Just to, just because, you know, you know. Uh, but the first one, I think, I think, I think you'll get this one. <laughs> Do the Klingon translator. If Feklar or Bathleth isn't in any of these things, it's a, it's a Klingon wonder. to Welsh will, I mean, that's almost enough. Yeah, like, that's, yeah. I mean, those languages are both almost completely ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not sure which is kookier. Probably Welsh. Maybe It's a nonsense Welsh. language. I don't even believe it's real. <laughs> Alright, first up, how many are there? Um, I, I have quite a few here. We'll see, you know. Okay. Maybe we'll save some for next time. Who knows? Maybe we'll do them all. I don't know. All right. Here's the first one. We'll start off with, we'll start off with an easy one. Tau, Los Angeles Police, New York Police, and Devices Part. Michelle, Tobar, are wine festivals, musical instruments. What are savats? Hans Grover, and to do this, I dare not all holidays are aimed once again. Don't sleep, Plaza. The Nakatomi purchase of Christmas. Stop, John. I am now playing music, and surprisingly, it fits your hand. The task force. Wow. <laughs> this uh, is the easy one. This is Die Hard, right? Definitely. Nice. For a second, I thought there's no way it's Die Hard, because first off, that isn't easy. It's contested whether that's genuinely a Christmas film. Even though it takes place during Christmas, it technically counts. So I Definitely. heard John, mm -hmm. and then like uh, something international, not international, but uh, intercontinental travel. Um, the Nakatomi. I just love that yeah. in there, because I like the fact that it made it into one word. Also, I like that it translated Hans Gruber into Hans Grover. Yeah. That's pretty great. Um, but I the original Grover, it's some sort of like, is oh, yeah. this like a Muppets Christmas Carol? I don't. The original synopsis: NYPD cop John McClane goes on a Christmas vacation to visit his wife Holly in Los Angeles, where she works for the Nakatomi Corporation. While they are at the headquarters for a Christmas party, a group of bank robbers led by Hans Gruber takes control of the building and holds everyone hostage, with the exception of John. Will they plan to perform a lucrative heist? Unable to escape with no immediate police response, John is forced to take matters into his own hand. <laughs> R. Stop, John. I am now playing the music, and surprisingly, it fits your hand, the task force. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So that's that's one for one right now. Yes. Well, I'm going to let you uh, I'm gonna let you choose randomly here. Nice. Um, on the first day of Dark Solstice. All right, Alex, choose between one and five. 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 Toe boy. <clears throat> Base magic Christmas Eve Santa Claus and Northern Norway. Southern Norway. Those who fire bullets, hero boy. I.e. the adventure game. And underlined that the suspicious fire, yes, yes, yes. North Norway. Fiance. Grammar during his visit. He... I will never fade in the prince's jester. People will come. Life during the call forwarding. <laughs> wow. Life during the call forwarding. I have two guesses, but I'm going to make my first guess. I'm going to see if my gut was correct. All right. No, I'm going to go with my second choice, which was It's a Wonderful Life. N incorrect. Okay. Was it the, was Tim Allen's The Santa Claus? No. Okay, then I was wrong on both counts. So okay, one for two. What? Who? What? Is, what could this be? <clears throat> this is the story of a young hero boy on Christmas Eve who boards on a powerful magical train that's headed to the North Pole <gasps> and Santa Claus's home. What unfolds in his adventure is an adventure which follows a doubting boy who takes an extraordinary train ride to the North Pole. 
During this ride, he embarks on a journey of self-discovery, which shows him that the wonder of life never fades for those who believe. <laughs> That's the Polar Express. Polar Express, of course. <laughs> How would you have not known, Alex? How, uh, especially since we talked about it recently. Yeah. Northern, Northern Norway, Southern Norway, those who fire bullets, hero boy, i.e. the adventure game. So you've really got to, like, take the first letters of something and kind of, like, all right. Yeah, that's. I think that might be the most insane. That is crazy. Polar Express. All right. Do I, do I get to one through four now? One through four. Let's go four. Four. <clears throat> also, bed through in the winter, it works. But the block, the greedy rich becomes a person. Pin three. His father... And his company, 8,000 humble Christmas, and his uncle, when interested evenings, how many men in agreement of this language if you're ready to fight and the examine that the bank by night is very special? On two actual company, functions of the author guide just for the price of living was divided my wife, love, and commitment with the angels and the tortured praying reach out to other children in the world. Holy shit. Ugh. <sighs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say Bill Murray's The Scrooged. Incorrect. Fuck. No idea. Should I? I'm not going to get it. There's no way I could get it just by <laughs> guessing blindly. I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot in this one. Um, also, bed through in the winter. It works. But the block, the greedy rich, per, the greedy rich becomes a person. Pin three. His father and his company. Eight thousand. Humble Christmas. And his uncle when interested evenings. How many men in agreement of this language? If you're ready to fight and the examine that the bank by night in very special on two actual company functions of the author guy just for the price of living was divided my wife love and commitment with the angels and when tortured praying reach out to other children in the world. Is this a wonderful life? Yes. Okay. I didn't get it in the first one though so it doesn't count. See, I thought Wonderful Life, but I was like, I don't know. I think Brad's going to try to throw a curveball, and the only thing I can think of is, like, maybe it's a play on Scrooge, which I guess. So I was like, well, he's not going to do it. Okay. I should have went with my gut. Should have went with my gut. Should have went with your gut. You, you, I can still you pull through this. I can still th through. Th I can still pull through this. I got one for three. Um, I'm going to go with two this time. I'm split it down two. the middle. All right. <clears throat> this, is a, this is a holiday film. A holiday film. West Monster Green Kingston Waterfalls, easy of 200 basis, the dependent time, I have caught her rifle, Shari Madness, Avior R Darkness, Hormone Therapy. In Hormone Therapy, by the way, is in parentheses. R <laughs> Darkness, Hormone Therapy, in your food, and have water to the outsider, handle Midnight, Rota, and you, Pet Guishiri's Normandy Valley, and... Two of his Rockwell in the designated Chestnuts, who dies, crits TV technology to infect our friend. We have to. I am master name, turned, and all belong to the light. I know nothing. You can only house is impasse. That one is so insane, I did a second take. <laughs> um, but just, I just, do you have any guesses at all? Um, the only guess I would have is an actually a holiday movie, and that scares me. So I know it's wrong. Go I can't even. I, I can't. I'm not going to say it because it means that it locks it in. I'll please, say it after say it. I make a it guess. Doesn't, it won't count. Uh, this one doesn't count because this one's insane. I still want a chance to guess, but I'll say at first I thought Frank Herbert's Dune, obviously. Okay. Obviously well, Dune. All right. Now let me read you a slightly less insane version. Okay. <sighs> Wait. The. Okay. Go ahead. 
The Waterfalls West Kingston Green Monster for your pet is easy, and their rights on the basis of time-dependent behavior of Teller shows crazy scary. There is no water hormone therapy, and avoid eating. And at dawn, interesting the chaos and destruction of Normandy, Rockwell City. When he broke Fritz TV technology, before I call you master, turn on all the lights and always, because you never know, it might just be home imp. Oh, gremlins. Yes. Got it! I'm counting it! Nice. Two for four. <laughs> oh. The thing is with this game, and it is hard, but it is it is a challenge because it's there. Yeah. It is there. Little things like don't eat. Duh. Immediately, I was like, gremlins. Obviously, that's gremlins. Can I do... I, this hormone therapy blows my mind. Yeah. Okay, because the original um, blah, 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 three simple rules. No water. Violated. No food after midnight. Violated. And no bright light. Somehow becomes... becomes there is no water, hormone therapy, and avoid eating, and at dawn, <laughs> interesting the chaos and destruction. <laughs> like, what? Once I really thought about that one, thank you for letting me take a, a scare, like a wild guess. That didn't count. That was just stupid speculation, but. Yes. That was gremlins. Okay, okay. I'm gonna go for one this time. One, okay. <clears throat> because we want to repair the Quian Ma. But the author and the city of New York he spoke of truth and the basis for a much older apple. Hang similar mold of maker of, only a lonely heart, time, planning, the vacation of the queen, New York, and Harry, Rob, monitoring of these bad. Moro, silver, can get wet. I insert a different battery, and it is a wasp trap. Hmm. Give it to me again. Because we want to repair the... Kewanman, the key is uh, something, I'm not sure. Uh, Kianwama. But the author and the city of New York, he spoke of truth and the basis for a much older apple. Hang a similar mold of maker of. Only a lonely heart. Time. Planning the vacation of the queen. New York and Harry Rob. Monitoring of these bad. Moreover, silver can get wet. I insert a different battery, and it is a wasp, and it is wasp trap. I really have no idea. I'm going to say Miracle Miracle on 34th Street. Mm, Not so much. Is it 32nd Street? Did I get the streets wrong, Brad? Is that (laughs) how? I I would have allowed that, but no. (laughs) Incorrect. Is it Home Alone 2? Yes. Yes, Yay! it is. Yay! That, that was my first fucking guess. And I was like, it can't be Home Alone 2. It's got to it be is. a trick. It's got to be a trick. And okay, I get. It. I guess if we were playing, if you can get around it in three guesses, that'd be a little easier. And then I would be, you know, higher up. Yeah, I, I was think... like, it's got to be Home Alone 2. But I thought, no, I'm sucking myself out with these. Uh, you should have read the original. Silver can get wet. Yeah. Silver can get wet. Bandits. Bandits. Sticky bandits. What's the original synopsis? Uh, Kevin McAllister is back, but this time he's in New York City with enough cash and credit cards to turn the Big Apple into his very own playground. But Kevin won't be alone for long. The notorious wet bandits Harry and Marv, still smarting from their last encounter with Kevin, are bound for New York too, plotting a huge holiday heist. <laughs> Kevin's ready to welcome them with more battery of of booby traps. The bumbling bandits will never forget. Awesome. I'm actually kind of proud I got that on the second try. Because that yeah. was damn hard. So right, it's, it's three, it's left. two for five. I could tie. Yeah, let's let's see what happens here. <clears throat> Their agenda are Alabama and his son and Langston Carrots. Sons visit, but when the real estate to pay, I think, Naidu, TV action hero and his life, his son, Bobob Bokob Long, 
something that translated crazy. Um, Molly, seller, may your holiday, Christmas turbine, name, like, and grandfather, and she knows is the name of the turbine, March triggered our enter entertainment, count of belonging, and pain research. Is it jingle all the way? Yes. Yes! Nice! <laughs> what kind of weird... Because the thing about, I'm beginning to wonder if there's some kind of weird, like, subliminal, like, because obviously something is getting through-ish. Mm -hmm. Turbine was the big one for me, I think. Yeah. But before that, I was guessing, and I was thinking, what movies would Brad put in here? All right. Oh, yeah. Something about a sun. Okay. Turbine. And it started to make more sense. I was like, oh, it's got to be Jingle All the Way. Yeah. I, I, come on. Had to. Had to. Nice. Wow. Tied. Nice work. Tied it up. Dang, that's a good, that's a fun game, friend. Indeed, we'll have to we'll have to do it again soon. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of holiday movies, so maybe uh, maybe we'll do it on the next one. Definitely. How did you guys fare at home? Don't say it out loud. Call us or get online and tell us what's up. Nice. Brad, I have a quasi game for you. Ooh, a quasi game. And that is the game. How does it end? I need you to tell me how it ends, Brad. Okay. Now I have with me presents. <laughs> It ends in holiday cheer. It ends in a character arc that has someone <laughs> a little changed from when they first started things out. Oh my god! No, I, I have a few situations I want to set up for you, and I want you to tell me how they end. And this is the holiday okay. edition, or the Black Solstice edition of... How does it end? All right, all right. So, Brad, this. okay. It's, it's, it's about a week and a half before Christmas. You've got to get some toys for... The children in your life. Is this how does it end, or is this the situation room? I'm very confused right now. Well, I don't know how you want to spin it. I so mean, I just want to make sure I'm playing the right game. They're two very different games. True. You know what? I guess this isn't how does it end so much as it is the situation room. In which case, I I guess they could go either way because they're kind of similar. But one, I give you a premise and then you complete it for me. Um, but this is kind of a mixture. This may be a new game because oh there is there is. I mean, you're going to tell the me how. This is how does it end room. This is the How Does It End Room. <laughs> Guys, welcome to the How Does It End Room. Take a seat. Take a cookie. Uh, I need you to talk to me about how you think this is going to end. I'll tell you how it ends. Oh, boy. But, I'm very confused. <laughs> but I want right. you to give a stab at what you think will happen okay. next. All right. So I'm not should, sure Should what... we play the update music? Yes. <laughs> okay. We'll do that. Welcome to Update. How does this situation end? But not really, because Alex knows the answer. Update. <laughs> This just in. So, Brad, it's late at night. It's like you, you're just getting off of um, maybe a holiday party you didn't want to go to. It's almost 10 o'clock at night. No big deal. Okay. Um, you're, but you're going to get in. The store's open till 11 tonight. Great. You're going to go to the Toys R Us in Portland, Oregon, which is where you live. And yeah. um, you're there on business. Who knows? Um, so you're going to go get some toys for, for the kids in your life. All right. Um, you walk past the policemen who are obviously outside the door, just kind of like keeping guard. It's the holidays. You know, like keeping Making sure nobody's lot. drinking or driving. Yeah, making sure no one's opening some cans of what they think is Coke Zero, only to be uh, unpleasantly surprised that it is alcohol. And they're like waving at you, and you're like, hey, officer. Um, you go in, and the, the store's laid out pretty well. You go to, you got to get a, the kid wants something from Star Wars, the new Star Wars movie. So you okay. make your way to where you, all signs point to Star Wars down this one aisle. You get there, and you hear a lightsaber light up. What happens next? I get down to the Star Wars aisle, and I hear a lightsaber sound. Ah. 
was just wondering how long you would do that. <laughs> um, what happens next? Um, well, um, uh, next is uh, when I notice that uh, they've got a, a motion-activated, uh, um, uh, like like the like a, like a like a big mouth Billy Bass, but oh. it's a, but it's but it's actually it's Darth Vader. Um, but he's like he's also in the face of the the shape of a fish. Um, <laughs> but it's like Darth Vader. It's a Darth Vader fish, and he's in like one of his little little fins has a little lightsaber. And when you walk by it, it goes. Um, so that's that's how you know, and it's really annoying because I I realize that I'm only passing the first one, and there's a ton of oh other ones. God. Um, so then all of a sudden it's just a bunch of noise. All these lightsabers are going off, and I'm like, oh god, what was I thinking? This is the most annoying thing ever. And then I realize, well, hell, like, uh, like these are my kids. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> uh, like I've been guilted into buying the, these other assholes' kids' presents for whatever reason. Um, you know what? Fuck them and fuck their parents. I'm buying two of them. So I, I purchased two of them, and I teach them. I teach these people a lesson about guilting me into buying gifts for children. Nice. Very nice, yeah. That's a, that's a wonderful way to end that holiday story. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Don't feel guilted into buying people things. It's really weird and unnecessary if you're an adult. See, what I love about Brad's rendition of this, what I assume is a classic tale, because that's how it should end. That's how it should end. I don't know who's going to spin the Darth Vader big mouth Billy Bass I think that actually has legs. I think people would buy that. I think so. Of course they would. Especially if it said more than, unless it was like, and then he said things, but like slightly off. Yeah. Just like holiday classic phrases, but like with a Darth Vader voice, like he starts singing a Christmas song, it has to do with space. Oh, it's the Christmas in the Star Wars, yeah. Yeah. That weird Christmas album. Yeah, Definitely. Christmas in the stars. I would actually pay money to have a C-3PO. Like, I would pay for a C-3PO Big Mouth Billy Bass singing that song. Oh, that would be Like, amazing. I would drop... I would say right now, if that product went live, I would drop 30 bucks on that if I saw it in the store. And it All was 30 right. I wouldn't spend any more than that, but that's how much I would spend. You started at a million, went down to 30. Yeah, 30 bucks is where... It's a million dollar idea if all okay. of us pay... If everyone pays $30, you know, if a few of us... I guess die hard. You know what, Brad? It's the holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Ding dong ding. But I also love that you spun a moral into it. Hey, fuck you from guilting me into buying a present. This is what you get. That's why. That's what I come to expect from Brad's. How does it end? You just really are whatever game we're playing, whatever strange. I listen. I I like sharing moral lessons with the world. Yeah. I I'm a teacher. I'm an educator. Well, how Brad spun this is not how it actually went down. Oh, boy. Oh, okay. Um, 9.50 p.m. in Portland, Oregon at a Toys R Us on a Wednesday night. 911 got a call. A man was inside the store swinging the Star Wars weapon of choice at customers. Um, and basically just beating people with a lightsaber. Anyone he saw, just wailing on him. Until, um... And they called the police on that? Well, yeah. I feel like you just tackle him and like the men. The man then walked out of the store. He attacked everyone that he came in contact with, leaving the store. Just like I guess pretending like, they were <laughs> bad guys, stormtroopers, like a plastic toy. <laughs> yeah, like the Star Wars lighting, periscoping <laughs> lightsabers. I he feel lit like it you up. Just like like you, you like I don't know. After like the, the third person he hits, I feel like you just like punch him. Like you just like that, that's somebody you just hit. 
He walked out into the parking lot. Officers tried to arrest the man, but he kept swinging the lightsaber at them. One tried to use his taser on the suspect, but the device didn't work. Another officer used his taser, and it made contact, but the man knocked one of the wires away with the lightsaber, and it also <laughs> didn't work. <laughs> nice. So this man is living his dream right now. <laughs> he really is. The officers finally arrested- I don't think so, Emperor. <laughs> <laughs> No! <laughs> Your technology betrays you! No! <laughs> the officers finally arrested the man after grabbing him and pinning him to the ground. The suspect, identified only as a 33-year-old man, was treated by medics on the scene and taken to an area hospital for mental evaluation. Mm -hmm. He faces several criminal, criminal charges after what? he is evaluated. So, None? Several criminal charges, like, I don't know, like... Theft? Being a nuisance? Theft, nuisance. Attacking a police officer. Mm. Interrupting With the, a lightsaber. Uh, with a lightsaber. Yeah, with, with a, a lightsaber. <laughs> Come on. You see nothing here, officer. All right, put the lightsaber down. We've had some fun. Pray it from my cold, dead hands. None of the victims of the lightsaber assault needed medical attention. That's yeah, how it is. Yeah, because it's a toy. It's a toy. Everyone has a fun story to tell around the uh, holiday table, and yeah, there you go. What do you make out of all this, Brad? Wait, <laughs> like I, I don't know. Like, uh, come on, this, like, this dude clearly either has like some drug issues or some mental instability. Like, right? Like, this is not just like. I mean, eh. now if he's just like an Obviously. asshole that's like drunk, oh well, this is hilarious. <laughs> like. <laughs> this is like some drunk redneck who drunk like a redneck nerd with a lightsaber. This is delightful. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. I love that he just beat up people. No one was hurt. Obviously. Yeah. Brad, I got another one for you. Oh boy. So those two kids you were guilted into uh okay, let's say some more kids, because those kids you don't hang out with those kids anymore. They're parents. Okay. Alright. Success. Great success. Yes. Brad, there's another kid in your life now. Oh boy, so many kids. And you're, you're tasked with taking them to Macy's to see Santa Claus. Because oh it's almost Christmas, Brad, and the kid... Where are their parents? Well, I don't, I don't know. That's... My Charles? Like, what's happening? Maybe you're a Charles in charge. And maybe okay. you have to take the kids. The littlest girl, she loves Santa Claus. And she's at the age where a lot of kids are telling her Santa Claus isn't real. Mm -hmm. And she's like, Brad, what are you... What, what am I supposed to make out of all this? I guess all I have to do is go to Santa Claus and ask him myself. And plus, I gotta tell him what I want, because Christmas is around the corner. If I don't tell him now, I might not get it. And neither will my sister. What? Don't worry about that part. You take this kid to the Macy's, you're like, alright, whatever. <laughs> mm -hmm. You take this kid to the... And there's a Santa Claus. Now, he is played by a 68-year-old man. This is a helper, Brad. This isn't the real Santa Claus. This is a helper. Okay. This is a Santa Claus helper. He's 68 years old. He's been doing this in San Francisco. You're in San Fran, by the way. You love the West Coast now. He's been doing this for about 20 years. Uh, you guys come up. She's, like, nervous. You got wait in line for about 15 minutes, let's say. Okay. Um, right. At this point, you've taken out your phone or you start playing games or checking your sites. Other people are doing this, but she is so invested in this, Brad. That she, she's not. She's just eyes on Santa Claus, questioning, is it real? What is real? What do I believe? What should I believe? Um, she gets up there, and Santa Claus is old. Old as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey there, little girl. Come sit on Santa's lap. Oh, I see. There's a y your company. Is this your, is this your dad? No, that's my Brad. Your what? <laughs> 
This, that's my Brad. Okay, uh, hey, does Brad like jokes? And that's where you take it, Brad. <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> I, I don't even understand this question. Brad, you've waited in line for 15 minutes. This little girl. And Santa Claus asked me if I, if I like jokes? He, well, first he's questioning why you're this girl's Brad. She, he's not sure about that. It doesn't matter. He's like, it takes all... Look, I see a lot. I've been doing this for 20 years. He looks at you and says, do you like jokes? I say, maybe, old man. Maybe. What of it? You gotta tell me how that ends. I mean, that, okay, that's the I setup. Know, right. That's the setup. Okay. I took you up to the point where he asked if you like jokes, and I need you to tell me how it ends. Okay, all right. I'm sorry. I'm still, I'm still working out the rules of this new exciting game. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize I was expected to respond to a situation and create a punchline for it. Oh. Um, yep. So uh, he asked me if I like jokes. I say, I don't know, old man. What do you got? And then he like starts telling some joke, and I'm like, ah, that's stupid. It's a garbage joke, old man. Listen, how about you keep? How about you uh, go back to delivering presents or whatever, and uh, uh, leave the, the the delivering punchlines to professional comedians? And then he's like, "What the fuck did you just say to me?" And I said, "You heard me, Santa Claus. <laughs> you want to make something of it?" And then the girl starts crying, and I'm like, "Listen, I'm sorry. Maybe you, listen. If you didn't want to get into this situation, you should have had your parents bring you. All right. Now look, Santa Claus. <laughs> you want to keep talking shit with your shitty jokes?" And then Santa Claus is like, I will fucking kick your ass. I'm like, excuse me? You're fucking Santa Claus. You, you can't you can't be uh, uh, promoting violence in front of all these children. That's morally wrong. And then Santa Claus gets fired. And all these kids cry. <laughs> and I feel no regret. Because he told a shitty joke. <laughs> listen, you're the, he's the one offering to tell jokes. You shouldn't tell... Listen, if you don't have a good joke, don't tell jokes. Leave me out of it. I'm just I'm just delivering a child that wants to visit you. Why am I even brought into this? Leave me alone, Santa Claus. Sorry you <laughs> lost your job. Not really. Not sorry at all. You brought it on yourself. Fuck you, Santa Claus. So the first story, the moral is don't guilt people into buying gifts because that's stupid. Never feel guilty buying gifts. The moral of the second right. story is if you're going to tell a joke, <laughs> you better tell a fucking joke. Yes. I, <laughs> and I if, agree and with if that. somebody doesn't like your joke, to, well, you you brought it on yourself. You were the one that said that that in that invited yourself to tell a joke. I didn't say Santa Claus tell me a joke. Santa Claus was like, hey, do you like jokes? I'm like, whatever. The second you say, hey, have you heard this joke? Immediately you have put the mantle of comic or comedian on your yeah. shoulders, and you, you have to you, deliver. If you read you, the crowd you just wrong, put your money down. Fuck you. You put your money on the table when you said, hey, do you like jokes? Listen. If, if I win the hand, I win the hand. Yeah. I'm sorry that you got a pair of twos. Is that how cards work? I don't know. <laughs> that's kind of how poker's played, kind of. But that's 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 a good lesson. If you got if you got if you're playing with twos, chill and maybe don't tell a joke. Think twice about telling a joke over poker. Good moral lesson. Also, like talk to the children. Why are you talking to me? That's yeah. Weird. Why are you talk to the children? Please. They want to see you. I'm just here in line, trying to check my sights. <laughs> Come on. Brad, I love how yours ended. <laughs> and I'm going to be honest, it's not too far from how it actually ended. Yes! You're, see, this game is kind of becoming its own... I'm, we're taking real-life situations, and Brad is turning them from, I guess, tragedies in a way, or like mm. weird things, into genuine classic Christmas stories. <laughs> <laughs> Happy holidays. Happy holidays. If there's not like one of those little Christmas golden books of Santa Claus thought he was a comedian. <laughs> oh boy, he thinks there's a couple of comedians over here. It's a time changer reference. 
<laughs> then I don't know. Yeah, someone's dropping the ball. So, okay, let me tell you how what really happened. Nowhere near as awesome as Brad's story. 68-year-old Macy's worker has been a popular Santa Claus impersonator, like Santa Claus, for 20 years. Lost his job! The start of a holiday season this year. Uh, Did he tell a racist there was joke? Did he tell a racist joke? He was telling inappropriate jokes. Mm. But he insists he's been telling these jokes for years without a problem. Oh boy. When I ask the older people who sit on my lap if they've been good, and they say yes, I say, gee... That's too bad, he explained. What? Then then if they ask why Santa's so jolly, I joke that it's because I know where all the naughty boys and girls live. The retired caretaker continued to the San Francisco Chronicle. Everything was okay until this couple came in. I don't know why they reported me. I didn't think it was anything too, you know, rude. He emphasized that he only jokes around grown-ups. Uh... He's Santa Claus. He's not around grown-ups. Yeah. Like, He's always you? around children. That's kind of his thing. Well, it's not like we go to adult Santa Claus. Yeah, well, here's the thing that's a little weird about this story and why I decided to bring it up, because I know you could put an awesome spin on it, was that why are adults sitting on Santa Claus's lap? Like, how is he ever in the situation to fucking tell this, like, his, I guess, quasi-veiled sexual jokes are references to anyone? Like, why are adults like, let me sit on Santa's lap? No, right? There should be, like, a height restriction right there. Like, Definitely. It's not hey, okay. Height may be wrong, because there may be some shorter people in the world. Guess what? Age. You're a, if you, you're a certain age, you just can't sit on Santa's lap. True. But regardless, Santa Claus, you can't be a creep. You can't no, be thank a creep. You. No one your job is to creep. not be a creep. Like, you're one, you think if you were a Santa Claus, the first thing on your mind is, don't be a creep. Yeah. Like, because, guess what? Everybody sees a uh, mall Santa Claus, and they're like, that dude's a creep. A real weirdo. Some weird old dude that wants a bunch of kids sitting on his lap. Um, already a weirdo. Already. Like, you just, you are already on strike two. Just by doing your job. Like, you can't, you can't mess up. Can't. You can't get caught slipping when you're on Santa's throne. Why does Santa you, sit on the throne? When your career is mall Santa Claus, you already have two strikes if you've done everything right. <laughs> just one fuck up. Out. Here's my permanent record. Here is my, uh, oh, I've never... Santa Claus is, um, driving to work and he, he grabs his Coke Zero and wait a minute, fired. Um, apparently everyone at this Macy's were, was really upset because this guy's been doing it for 20 years. There's, like, been kids who bring their kids to him now that their parents brought them to, this Santa Claus, and now he they fired him just straight up. For, as they should have. As they should have. Um, but now everyone's upset about it. Too bad. There's a million old dudes that, like, are okay being creeps that aren't this creepy. It's, yeah, it's just lame. This guy got I, too comfortable. He got too comfortable being Santa Claus. Like, oh, I've been doing this for 20 years. I can say whatever the fuck I want. No, you can't, Santa Claus. Fuck you. Your stupid creep jokes. Oh, I can't think of anything. You said something about we don't have adult Santa Claus, and I'm glad we don't, but you know that's a thing. That's like some sort of weird thing at like an office party. Someone's like going to be Santa adult Con Santa nonsense. Claus. All that yeah. weird. That's gross. That's lame. Nope. nope, nope, nope. Nope. Brad, I got one more for you. Okay. So I need you to I need you to put a positive, awesome holiday spin. Well, maybe not positive. Whatever you feel like, a holiday spin on this tale to to bring it up to to a classic. Um, Brad, you find yourself in Canada. That right, girl right. no longer believe that the girl in the other story no longer believes in Santa Claus or anything. Anything. She's never gonna get any. She's, she's never gonna let anyone get the upper hand again and like trying to trick her. She's better right. for it. 
But now you're the Brad or Charles or whoever you are in Ontario. Okay. Uh, Kingston, Ontario, to be specific. Okay. And um, it's time for the Santa. It's yeah. It's 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 time for the Santa Claus parade. Hey, parades. Well, guess what? You got to take the kids that you've been charged with yet again, yet again. I don't think any. Is there is there any Christmas tale that doesn't have kids in it? Um, all of them do. Obviously, because I guess children are well. They weren't always the focal point of Christmas. Pre-commercialism, I don't really think... Well, but then Christmas wasn't even the point of... Like, nobody cared. Like, it was just a thing. I say all this to justify, Brad. This is why children are in every one of these stories. All right, all right. There's a reason, and that's because of the holiday spirit. Brad, so you have to take them to the Santa Claus parade in Canada. Uh, whatever. You're sitting there. It's a little cold. I'm going to be honest with you because it's right, Canada right. and it's the winter. And you're it. like, fuck, you know, this is great. You're in your, you're, you're, maybe you're even more chipper than normal. You're like, hey, Definitely. maybe you're, you're inspired to say hello to people like, hi. Like, you got the kids hot chocolate. You went into Starbucks really quick. Yeah, you've been, it's not boosting stars. What is it? Star dashing? You've been, I've been doing some hardcore star dashing. You've been dashing so much that you're not only, drinks are on you tonight at Starbucks and everyone's like, yay. Because you you're, you're filled with the Christmas spirit. Um, you got the one kid up on your shoulder. You got the other kid just like like right ready, just like you know what? This is awesome. You guys are ready to see this. You get a nice place right up front um, on the sidewalk in a prime area to start this Santa Claus parade. And you're you couldn't be better. You couldn't be feeling better. Now the parade's gonna start pretty soon, Brad. It's around 6 p.m. And the only thing that can really ruin this for you is what you hear. Out of the crisp, awesome jolliness of the holiday, like all the holiday music, all the people talking, these kids that are with you asking cool questions because they're awesome kids, you hear a child start to cry. And you're like, what the fuck? And you hear another kid start to cry. And you look around, and you notice, you notice someone whispering into the ear of a child, and then them crying. How does it end? Well, I, I, I notice this person is, is whispering into these children's ears, and and upsetting them, clearly. Um, and what would be the most upsetting thing at your Christmas Santa Claus parade? It's Larry the fucking cable guy. <laughs> yes, quite true. I can't think of anything else that would be worse. <laughs> like, we're listen, everyone's here just trying to enjoy a nice time, and then this, like, disgusting, obese monster with his, like, his sleeves cut off. Like, it's cold. Put on, have some sleeves. What's your fucking deal? He's he's wearing jean shorts, Ugh. like fucking sneakers with some white socks. Like he looks disgusting. He's Larry the Cable Guy, and he's going up to all these kids. And uh, what is he saying to these kids? He's like he's like, hey hey, I'm Larry the fucking Cable Guy. Cool. You like Christmas? You know what's better than Christmas? Larry the Cable Guy! And these kids are confused because they're Canadian. They don't know who this weird, gross person is with this terrifying... They don't even understand the words he's saying because it just sounds like herda hada herda hada to them. And they're just very upset because he's disgusting. And also, he's got, like, hot, gross breath because it's, like, Larry the Cable Guy. Like, he's been eating, like, Funyuns for, like, five hours. Like, Funyuns and, like, Hawaiian Punch. Like, it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. So, really, it's not even what he's saying. It's they're confused because they don't know what he's saying, but also this disgusting breath is coming at them, and it's very upsetting. Um, but luckily, luckily, um, 
someone's gonna stop this, and that's fucking Turbo Man. And by <gasps> Turbo Man, I mean Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, in a um unlikely jetpack costume, <laughs> um, because fucking Schwarzenegger, who is Schwarzenegger by the way, yes, he's actually wearing a real life uh a Turbo Man costume, like in the movie that actually works, because that's a real thing, if you didn't know. Um, what? But he's come to kick Larry the Cable Guy's ass for making Jingle All the Way 2 and making such a shitty movie. <laughs> um, by the way, Jingle All the Way 2 is garbage. Not even, like, funny garbage. Not even, like, it's really bad garbage. Like, it's just garbage. It's not not worth the time. You might Larry, as well watch Camp and Buddies. Larry the Cable Guy is in Jingle All the Way 2? Yeah. Does he play the hero? Yeah. Fuck the people who made that movie. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Kindergarten Cop 2, different story. It's practically the same movie, but it's Dolph Lundgren, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> but Arnold Schwarzenegger, with a working jetpack, um, grabs Larry the Cable Guy and uh, um, takes him into orbit and like throws him out into space. Wow. Where he dies in the vacuum of space. And Schwarzenegger, of course, can breathe in space because he has Batman powers. And that's that's how it ends. Schwarzenegger is a hero, and you and those kids get to enjoy the Christmas Day parade. Yeah. And your kids don't even get to cry. They don't yeah. have to because the you protect to. them from Larry, Larry the Cable Guy. Now, Sinbad like does come out and like do some like jokes that are not that good. And like honestly, it's a real almost about to be a Santa Claus situation. But then the parade moves on, so it's okay. <laughs> Sinbad, we just learned in the other story. You say, "Hey, I got to Have you heard? Have you heard the one about? You got your comedian suit on. You better deliver." Oh, oh boy, Sinbad. Harsh oh. consequences for comedians, or anyone yeah. who presumes they're a comedian, from this point forward. And then somebody yells at him, "Hey, Sinbad, do some Taibo!" And then the parade moves on. It's pretty great. <laughs> and then it just moves on. And a partridge in a pear tree. Nice, I like that, Brad. That's way better than what actually happened in oh. Ontario. Larry the Cable Guy didn't die in Ontario? <laughs> die in orbit around Ontario, right, right, Brad. Right, right. Okay. Don't belittle what dead. Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger did. How many catchphrases did he say? I mean, at this point, does does Arnold just walk around and just say every line from his movies? Because that's okay. That's, that's more fine. than fine. That's, that's all we, we want. That's all we want. That's all you need to do, man. Yeah. You're the one person that can rest on your laurels and just chill. Just go with it, man. Yeah. But after he kills Larry the Cable Guy, he's like, I think I just got her done. Not quite right, but yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did it. Watch him fly. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Brad. <laughs> on the first day of Christmas. All right. So what really happened was a 24-year-old man uh, dressed in red and black. And with gel piled on his head and his hair shaped to look like horns, went around this Christmas parade and just told kids that Santa Claus wasn't real. What a jerk. It's just weird. Like, why? Okay, according to the Toronto Star, 24-year-old man uh, was arrested by police for telling kids that Santa Claus wasn't real. Well, what was the charge? He was charged with public intoxication. Okay. And a probation violation. Oh... So I guess, yeah, if a guy's walking around telling kids, hey, Santa Claus isn't real, you know, and you're like, sir, come here for just a second. Who are you? Uh, <laughs> oh, all right, got busted. Because the only people that are going to tell kids that Santa Claus isn't real on a, like, in public are either drunk or they obviously are violating their probation. 
<laughs> there's something else going on. That's yeah. just not. Are there not slightly something... older kids that are kind of douchebags? Oh, true. Yeah, but those kids are probably also violating their probation. I just moving forward in my mind, that's just what's happening. Nice. Um, uh, the policeman downtown Kingston said that. I'll quote them. It was pretty despicable to, that someone during this time of the year would tell kids Santa isn't real. Which, of course, we would argue. What? <laughs> what, are the, you, what are you arguing? The Kingston uh, Police Department is arguing that Santa Claus is real. And they're ready to just arrest anyone who says otherwise. Oh, boy. And who've also violated their probation. Okay, alright. Well, mm. He was disturbing everyone there. And therefore, he was disturbing the families and obviously disturbing the children, and thus was causing a public scene. We had to arrest him. So weird. I just love that. That's my favorite part in all this. Which we would argue, because oh. Santa Claus is obviously true, and you know what, here on Ramjack... Uh, <laughs> like, I don't think you should lie to kids. You shouldn't lie to children. Like, like, you shouldn't lie to kids, but, like, you can just, like, not say that Santa Claus is... You can just, like, ignore it, because, like... Kids are going to pick up Santa Claus through cultural osmosis. Like, you don't have to tell them that this is real. Like, they'll just believe it until they don't believe it anymore. Yeah. And then they say, hey, wait, is Santa Claus is real? And you're like, no, of course not. Wait a minute, Brad, but, like, is he real or not? What do you mean? But, like, is he real or not? Like, is he a real per? Like, does he? is it real, this whole Santa Claus thing? Like, because it's think? really impossible for someone to come in through a chimney and, like, leave uh -huh. presents, right? Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. But I also know that steel doesn't melt at certain... At, steel just doesn't melt. Well, so if that's possible, isn't Santa Claus possible? Well, steel can melt, yeah. Well, what do you know about tea lizard and the reptoids? Uh, what? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, but you're right, Brad. I, come on, kids will pick up on it on their own. Yeah. But I do love that the police department in Kingston were just like, but hey, we, we, we are Ugh. against that. But it sends a mixed message to kids, because when they get older and they're like, Santa Claus isn't real. Are they going to be afraid to say that out loud? Or the police oh, men God. are going to arrest well, them? Don't, don't the cops know, but I, I don't think Santa Claus is real. Oh, fuck. There's going to be down. a whole generation of kids just like on the school ground, like a kid's like brings an adult over because in Huss Whispers, I heard you know the truth. I can't say it. It's too dangerous. You've got to say it. You've got to tell everyone here we need to know. And right before he says it, another tattletale kid comes up with the teacher. Guess what happened? The teacher's here, and she knows everything. What are you going to tell these kids? Then, like, cop cars, like, come zooming, and they just shoot the fuck out of the student. <laughs> <laughs> just murder him. <laughs> and they find out that he was going to say Santa Claus isn't real, and they're like, Oh, well, he might be real. I don't know. As his you, as oh, his Jerry, daughter, Jerry, what do you mean he might be real? <laughs> Then the police helicopter comes in, takes out, takes the bodies, like <laughs> takes the bodies. The guy comes down with a flamethrower, like roasts them, like nothing left, <laughs> nothing left. <laughs> they take Santa Claus. Now, kids, we all know that Santa Claus is real, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, I'm gonna get back in my helicopter now. <laughs> Merry Christmas! Ho, ho, ho! <laughs> I love that it escalated so quickly, man. <laughs> Jimmy, what's he saying? What are you about to tell these kids? <laughs> like no questions, just immediate shooting. Yikes! <laughs> Brad, you did a you did great. You made three. You you have you taken three stories that didn't end so well and were kind of shitty. Real life stories, though, uh, true life, and turned them into holiday classics. 
Thank you. I do. I do have one more story that I that I found during the course of this that I need to mention. It's holiday related. All right. Um, the Santa Claus Bandit is suspected of robbing 33 Southern California savings and loans since escaping federal prison in mid-April. He was captured by sheriff's deputies on Friday. Well, well hello, building and loan. <laughs> <laughs> Dubbed the Santa Claus Bandit because he dressed up as Santa Claus as he robbed these store uh, these stores these savings and loans. Um, he was someone found they found him because someone recognized him in just like all the advertisements. Have you seen this man? They're like, oh, that's Santa Claus. That's Santa Claus. He lives Book in the North Pole. <laughs> Mister, what are you gonna ask Santa Claus for? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> Rudolph, run! Um, so yeah, the question I have here is how does a guy dressed up as Santa Claus rob 33 banks? How does that happen? How do you rob two banks? How, how many banks is, do you have to rob How do you rob a bank get- in this day and age? Yeah, I will say because- this though, and I didn't see this until now. This did take place in 1988, but still. Okay, alright, that's different. I, 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 still, I, I still call it erroneous. You're not robbing 33 banks! You rob like what? Maybe six at the most, and they've got you. They got you at that point, right? I don't How do you know. rob thirty-three banks in the same area, the same general area of Southern California? You guys, um, you, um, I mean, do they not like check out? Like, does no one see like a Santa Claus getting into a car? Like, like, what's the getaway vehicle? Is he got an accomplice? How does this work? Well, I don't know that, but I do know this. Um, he didn't use a weapon to rob any of the banks. He never hurt anyone, and he he only got about a thousand five hundred dollars per heist. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, bank robbing like bank robbing just isn't very effective. Like, there's just not a lot of money that you can just get like that. Should have done a long con. If he got that amount of money for thirty three different places, for those who can do math fast in your head, you're right. It's close to fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. But how does that even? Again, maybe I just don't know a lot about bank robbery, but it seems impossible to me that you would be able to rob thirty three banks. Just even with like arm to the hilt, like old fashioned classic way, like did he I just mean, saunter in? It's like ho ho ho, give me all your money, like, but seriously, give me money. It's it's eighty eight, so there's not as many like cameras, there's not as many tracking means of tracking like stuff. Like I I I just like but I, you think there would be more witnesses that would be like, yeah, I saw Santa Claus get into um uh, whatever kind of car. I yeah, I saw Santa Claus get into a white Impala, like. You think he would notice a Santa Claus? Like he's got to be like jumping to an alley and like taking off the Santa Claus oh, yeah. outfits, and then like he can no look one as normal. Yeah, and he can look normal in a second. Like if you yeah. give him a minute and a half, Santa Claus is gone, and now it's. But you think if you saw Santa Claus running out of a bank, you would like like keep an eye out. Like what's up with Santa Claus? That's weird. You, how are there not more witnesses? Because all it takes is like spotting the getaway vehicle. Yeah. Even like unless he's steal, unless he's also stealing cars, but that was not mentioned. No, not at all. How did he get them to give him money without a weapon in 88? That's what I, I also... There's so many questions about this. I'm like, what's happening? What if he's really Santa Claus? What if he has a flying sleigh? That's how they didn't catch him. He's on the roof. Holy shit, Brad. He's coming in and out of chimneys. Bank chimneys. <laughs> the no vault's one empty. Checked, no he, one checked the bank chimney. 
How much is how much is how much was uh, stolen? Exactly one thousand five hundred dollars. Think about it. Eighty eight, right? Is that when you yeah. said it was? Yeah, nineteen eighty eight. Okay, uh, all right. About that time, um, all of our toys are like they're like electronics and like they're Nintendos. Like Santa Claus can't make a fucking Nintendo. No, like that he can't he can't program a Nintendo. Elves can't do that shit. Like they're terrible with numbers. Like they make wooden hobby horses and bullshit, and the kids don't want that. So Santa Claus has got to find a way to get some dollars to buy Nintendos. Huh? And you know what? They caught him at fifty thousand. If he'd only if he'd only been able to do a few more, he would have had enough to give every kid a Nintendo in '88. Yeah. Which is why I like is why I like to think I didn't get a Nintendo in '88. I didn't get a Nintendo till '89. So clearly, in '88 they got him. Huh. I could see. That's why I had to borrow my aunt's Nintendo in '88. Hmm. <sighs> I, I got an Atari in '88. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Quite true. Because like no, because like my my thing was because my aunt had a Nintendo, and so she would bring the Nintendo over, um, which was awesome. Um, but uh, my mother, being a cheapskate, um, bought the Atari because it was on sale because it was over. Um, because <laughs> it was done. Because <laughs> it was done. <laughs> Wow, it's so crazy now to think Joey has a 3DS, a tablet, all the gaming things he could possibly want. Wow. And we stride so hard. Santa Claus was thwarted of giving us our Nintendos in 88. He got you one in 89, but I, I like to think the I like to think Santa Claus just goes on crime sprees to try to get money from 88 yeah. onward, or even the mid-80s, and that well, every that year point, he was stopped until 93, you know which is when I got mine. 88, 88 was the thing... Uh, he learned his lesson in '88. After that, he went to like big time, like like Wall Street scandals, like, yeah. and that's 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 what turned the corner. Petty crime. He he went into jail, and there was a white collar criminal in there, and then he started working with Santa Claus around '89, '80, early '90s. We're in that Gordon Gecko era. Like it's yeah. like, like greed is good. Like come on, Santa Claus. Like you got you got to get fucking into this shit. Which begs the question: If Santa, do you think Santa Claus supports Trump now? Because we can only assume that he's gotten to the point where like Santa oh, Claus like- is ranking in money. He's probably ranked like I wouldn't be surprised if you looked at like the list and he's in the top fifty of the most wealthy humans on Earth. Definitely, or, definitely. Top I feel fifty like of the Trump most wealthy. Trump and Santa Claus yeah. are like super tight. Yeah, super tight. Kind of makes sense. Yeah. Santa Claus is so obsessed with himself. I mean, th- now that he's out of his money, who do you think's bankrolling all these Santa Claus? Why? How do you think Santa Claus? took over Christmas from Jizo, or Jesus. Yeah. He was backed by money. Definitely. And the Coca-Cola Corporation. Yeah. Oh, Coke Brothers. I know they're not related, but let's just pretend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. But seriously, think about it. Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Mm, big corporation. Big corp. Big cola. It makes sense You know, now, what's, what's crazy is if you look back at the speeches, Bernie Sanders has, like, been calling out Santa Claus since the fucking 70s. Like, wow. without change. Because he knows what's up. Because he knows what's up. You know who else is... You know who may or may not have received campaign funds from Santa Claus, or old St. Nick, or Uncle Nick, as she likes to call him, hmm. Hillary Rodham Clinton. Oh, That well, might be wild speculation, like, she, she but I don't know. She gets money from everybody. Like, uh, they, you, like... And it would be hard to notice that. If all of a sudden you're looking through here like... St. Nicholas. Okay, weirdo. But St. Nicholas has been giving hundreds of thousands of dollars to the right people that's going to keep him rich. This is... I think I think we cracked it. I think we cracked it right here, Brad. Story in 88. Now we have the full picture of Santa so Claus and Christmas. Mm. By the way, happy holidays! Happy holidays! Sorry, I just like... I, I just like... 
popped onto Facebook for a second, and I just got, like, barraged by crazy things. Oh, no. Like, just, like, a lot of stuff at once. I think Tom Selleck is asking for prayers, and uh, I don't know what's happening. Why is Tom Selleck asking for prayers? I don't know. I, I, he's probably sick or something. I don't know. Let me just How is that quick. the first thing in your feed of whatever you're looking at? Alex, because look, my, I gotta take you Because this my quick. aunt's, my, my dead aunt's chihuahua posted it. Oh! <laughs> That makes sense. I, yes. think the, I think the Spectres are like... I think they like Tom Selleck. Oh. What's up, man? You can't just sigh like that and not tell me what's going on. All right. Hey, listen up, friend. Uh, we're just putting this in. This is going to stay in the podcast. Sweet. <clears throat> Tom Selleck has been one of the most beloved stars in Hollywood for decades, but even his most devoted fans will likely be shocked to learn of the heartbreaking journey he underwent that eventually led him to God. According to Q Political, a website no one's ever heard of... <laughs> <laughs> Selleck had already begun his acting career when he sacrificed everything to join the California National Guard in the 160th Infantry Regiment and serve from 67 to 73 during the height of the Vietnam War. Alright, when you say he sacrificed everything to join the National Guard, um, you mean he joined the National Guard so he wouldn't be, like, like fucking uh, drafted in to like, be, like, um, Swiss cheese for, uh, you know, America, because that's what people did. So mm-hmm. don't like make it like he made this huge sacrifice to join the National Guard. Like he made the choice, I'm going to join the National Guard or run away to Canada. He chose to join the National Guard. Um, I think he made the wrong choice, but whatever. Um, his years of service left an impression on him that he would never forget. I am a veteran. I'm proud of it. I was a sergeant in the U.S. Army Infantry National Guard Vietnam era. We're all brothers and sisters in that sense, Selleck once said. <laughs> <laughs> but not too cute political or whatever the fuck. <laughs> um... Selleck was heartbroken to return to civilian life to find that his talent agency had fired him. Well, it's because you went off to, like, go join a shitty war. <laughs> like, you weren't yeah. there. You can't keep... You, that's what happens. You, you don't get to keep your job. Like, well, I guess you do, but it's because of weird laws. But whatever. Uh, for the next 11 years, he pursued acting by starring in six pilots for television that never amounted to anything. Despite his frustrations, Selleck never gave up, and he finally got his big break at the age of 35 with the hit show Magnum P.I. Oh, it's so hard being Tom Selleck. Got a hit show at the age of 35. I wish I could get a hit show at the age of 35. Yeah, seriously. Um, Magnum P.I. made Selleck a household name and brought him unprecedented success. But when it finally ended, the star realized something was missing from his life. I just knew that if I wanted a family, which I was thinking seriously about at that point, that it was time at that point to move on, he recounted. As good as this business has been to me, that's not what life is about. Life is about more important things. This is what you say after you're like crazy rich and famous. Yeah. You know, we've all struggled as we get successful in this business to balance that. I certainly have. Shut up, Tom Selleck. Like, it's so hard. Oh, it's so fucking hard being Tom Selleck. I'm like the most famous mustache on the planet. Whatever. In 1987, Selleck married his beautiful wife, Jilly Joan Mack. Worst name ever. Mm -hmm. Jilly Joan Mack. With whom he has one daughter. They now have been married for almost 30 years. That's Jilly Joan Mack, not him and his daughter. That sentence was just terribly constructed. Selleck has always been open about the fact that his godly values have gotten him through the tough times, interprets this website. I try very hard to conduct myself in an ethical way because that's important to my stability now. We're a culture that's so centered on the individual, Selleck complained. The culture says that basically nothing is more important than the way you feel. We're living in an age that celebrates unchecked impulses. We applaud Selleck for being a true man of God. Share if you support. Tom Selleck didn't say anything about Jizo or God anywhere in those quotes that were pulled from random places. <laughs> all this article's done is make me think less of Tom Selleck. I don't think that's his fault. Yeah, it's not his fault at all. 
Well, fuck Isn't you, Tom Selleck's still enjoying a career com. in his own way? Like, he's been on yeah. quite a few television shows. Of course. Well past this time. Like, he's, he looks amazing for his age. Like, yeah. Hmm. He's still making like Joan Mac. Huh. Alright, thanks a lot, uh, dead ants chihuahua. Yeah. A story from beyond the grave. Apparently that's interesting. Wow. Alright. Tom mm. Selleck. God, people write... St like, how does stuff like that get on the internet? That's a useless, fake, dumb article. It doesn't mean anything. Like, there's a lot of quotes out of context to support a point that isn't really even a point. The point of the article is like, Tom Selleck is into God, and he's faithful. But not really. No. Like, that's a feel-good article without any feelings. <laughs> I get the headline's all you need to feel good, I guess, if you're a Jizo yourself, and you're like, okay, yeah, you know what, if Tom believes, I'm gonna keep on believing too. Read the article. Well, I don't know if Tom believes, but the headline still makes me feel good. I guess. Stupid. Tom Selleck, clear your name. <laughs> Tell these people what you really believe. But if it's Jesus stuff, just let the article lie. But if it's not, set it straight. My dead aunt Chihuahua has a great recipe for a pineapple sunshine cake, if you're interested. <laughs> your dead aunt Chihuahua. Also, uh, there's an article, I wish I'd known this about tick removal. I wish I'd known this tick removal trick before I went camping. <laughs> <laughs> That's almost too on the nose about a dog for a dog's for a ghost dog's online blog presence i wish yes, you know this about know, ticks I, before i die <laughs> i know i've no i've mentioned this before but like the chihuahua's been dead longer than my aunt surely yeah i, I just want to clarify that for any new listeners um this isn't just my dead aunt chihuahua this is my dead aunt's longer dead chihuahua <laughs> because i know she had that it. she had that chihuahua when i was in the seventh grade so yeah and it's it is presently scouring the internet and has found an awesome pineapple recipe. A recipe we can't. It's probably read the Tom Selleck article, but I mean, it also wants to share tick facts with you that it would have found useful in life. Oh. I mean, happy fucking holidays, ladies and gentlemen. Happy holidays. <laughs> oh fuck, friends! It's that super special time of the year where we check in with Joe Friday on Dragnet. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the story you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Fatima Cigarettes, best of all long cigarettes, brings you Dragnet. Guys, every time we summarize anything on this show, be it a television show or a movie, we try to uh, condense its story down to its raw elements and as close to a minute in the retelling as possible. If you go over, you forgot something. If you're horrendously under, which is 55 seconds, then you're a chump. If you can get between 55 to a minute, you win. You're hey, you're a good guy. You're you're a you're pretty good at this. But if you get in on a minute, you're a brave heart. Alex, you will have the challenge of summarizing a 22 rifle for Christmas. Oh, boy. This classic up from December 22nd, 1949. I love listening to these old radio shows. I, seriously, I fucking love it. Guys, if you haven't listened to this, you you really need to. It's it's a classic. Um, I know we've, we've talked about this one a lot, but, like, uh, it's, uh, yeah, I'm excited. We've talked about it so much that I actually thought that we had already covered it on the show in depth, but I don't think we have. No, I think we just talked about it. Well, you're, you're about to get the full story, guys. But first, I gotta tell you that story as close to a minute as possible. Indeed. Are you ready for this, friend? 
I'm gonna try, guys. I'm gonna try. All right, and you will be going in three, two, one, go. Fatima Cigarettes has a very important announcement. One, you gotta start smoking. And two, don't give kids guns for Christmas. Because uh, Joe Freddy and his buddy are on the case to try to find out what happened to these missing kids. They go to their house and they find a whole bunch of blood in the backyard, which is crazy. Uh, especially because Friday has a new suit and he doesn't want to get any stains on it. So they go on a wild goose, like, just a wild goose chase thinking that something may have happened when they find out that basically one of the kids had a gun for Christmas that his parents kept in the closet for him to unwrap. He found it, they got out, played with it, loaded the gun, and one of the kids shot themselves and got killed. Now one of those kids took the kid to a cave because he wanted to hide the body and pray to Jiso to bring him back to life, but that's not how prayers work. So the kid ends up getting all the other kids' gifts because the dad of that kid goes crazy. And the moral of the story is don't give a kid a gun for Christmas. <laughs> One minute on the dot. I am upset that you didn't mention anything about the citrus growers. I didn't mention the citrus growers, and I apologize. <laughs> They're expecting a freeze. There's so much just randomly added things, but we'll get to all of that. Oh. I, what I, I what I love about the Dragnet radio show versus the TV show is the little introduction thing they do where they try to really put you in the situation. Oh, yeah. You're a detective sergeant. You're assigned to homicide detail. A small boy is reported missing from his home. His age? Nine years. Foul play is suspected. Your job? Find him. Bum, ba-dum, bump. I like, because they, they do that on all of these, like the, like a, something, get him, find him, catch him. It's always. As the, as the show goes on, it the, the announcer really gets into it. Yeah. Like, I've heard it be much more vicious sounding than find him. Like you said, Brad, it's more like, get him. Boom. But, I, like, it's just, it's awesome. It makes oh, me so want to find him. And mm-hmm. I love that it puts me in that, and this is the original show that's true crime that puts you in the yeah. scene. But this one must have made people cry back in the day. This is harsh. This is very harsh. Like, this is just fucking upsetting. <laughs> like, god and they redo the show every year because radio shows, they would just re-record it. They wouldn't just rest on their laurels and have the show from last year. That won't do. So there's a different actor playing everyone, well, except for Friday, obviously, and other people. But, like, the main characters of, like, the dad and the kids are replaced by other actors. And it's neat to see how they change from year to year. Yeah. Because some of those dads really milk it. Oh, this one, this, I listened to the first one. That's to the oldest one you could listen to. And that, it's sobering, man. It really is. Like, I mean, this is, oh boy, oh boy. It's, yeah, we'll get there, we'll get there. We we'll start off with Fatima cigarettes. Absolutely. You gotta smoke Fatima. That's that I, long I like, cigarette. I love that this whole episode is about, like, hey, don't give you a gun for Christmas. But what you should do if you're looking for a good, great Christmas gift, you should uh, buy Fatima cigarettes. It's got a much better flavor and aroma than any other sick, any other long cigarette. That's why Fatima is doubling and redoubling its smokers. Oh no! <laughs> Shit! <laughs> Fatima's gotta be stopped. Stop them! <laughs> doubling and then redoubling. We're quadrupling our smokers. If you want a long cigarette, smoke the best of all long cigarettes. <coughs> so yeah, real doc. This actually happened, which is the scariest part of all of this. Yeah. So um. It's Thursday, December 22nd. It's in Los Angeles. It was cold in Los Angeles. And uh, I got the night watch on Homicide. I love, like, we. I, I love, like, the conventions of Dragnet are so, like, set, but so fucking random. Like, 
And it's also the whole thing, like, Jack Webb wanted to, like, wanted this to be realistic, but because he wants to, like, it, it's almost always the same formula. Okay. There's just, like, random, like, random, ra- the most random chatter that's just going on until something happens. <laughs> but it's always the same. But unlike other story, or, like, I guess... I'm not going to say good storytelling, because this is just a different type of storytelling, mm-hmm. where you use dialogue to kind of, I guess, establish character in a it's, way. This like, isn't doing that. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just, it's small talk, and it's intentionally small talk. It's like realish, realistic small talk, so that, like, you feel like more like this is really happening, which I love, but it's it's so formulaic, and, like, every episode of Dragnet's pretty much the same. So it's uh, Joe, Joe Friday, or Friday, as he often says, um, and his partner, uh, um, which is, it's not this, it's not um, Gannon from, like, the TV show. Um, it's ben, ben Romero, who has a Texas accent. Um, and, like, they're talking, like, Joe Fry's talking about his mother still got a cold or something. Like, uh, his partner's like, oh, is that a new suit you got on? <laughs> yeah, Ma figured I needed one. <laughs> right. That is the only thing we get about Joe during these, is that his mother is always on his case. He's got to get married. He's got to look sharp. Yeah, I, this whole thing where, like, he's, like, showing off the suit, and, like, his partner makes him, like, turn around so he can check the fit of it. It is weird. Like, Ben, what's up? Someone's got a cold. His mom's got the cold. Yeah, but that's the line that's like, uh, that a new suit. Uh, let me see it. Sound of, like, Joe stepping around. Oh, yeah, that's a nice shade of blue. Hey, where'd you get it? Hey, turn around. He says turn around. Ben, I wish you'd stop sexually harassing me, please. I'm your partner, all right? I love the joke, but it's so dryly delivered, all right? And then you hear Ben say, oh, yeah. That's a good fit. <laughs> and then we start, then it's then it's like, okay, guys, you stop it, you two. We got a case to solve. It's like, and it's, and I, I do appreciate Jack Webb wanting, again, he's trying to create realism. He's like, he's trying oh, yeah. to create like fucking kitchen sink realism <laughs> through this like random, like everyday chatter. But it's so, it's so specifically random and it's so scripted. Like, that's the other thing about Dragnet. It's so scripted. Like, you feel like if you had two, like, maybe more comfortable performers, they could just improvise some random chatter. But, like, Jack Webb is like, no, we're, this is going to be fucking written out. <laughs> and I love it. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. So, ring-a-ding-ding. We get a call from Dispatch. Hey, um, you got to get down there. There's someone. We're trying to track down a nine-year-old boy. A kid's been missing. The suspicion, there's a suspicion of foul play. He's been gone for about two hours, and it looks like a job for homicide, Brad. Hmm. Why, you ask? Even though you didn't ask. Um, because there's blood all over the backyard. Ugh. So the mother was out Christmas shopping, and she left her nine-year-old home alone for a few hours. Um, Which is something you could only do back during this time period. I, yeah, I was alone at nine years old for a few, like, all the time. Could you read at nine? Is that when you go into third grade? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, how you, nine years old, you're, not, you're still in a stroller. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Couldn't stop laughing when I listened to that episode again. I was like, Alex. <laughs> Even I was, after the fact, I was like, I, man, I don't know what was happening that night. <laughs> I hope someone got laughs out of that. Did you have a couple too many Coke Zeros? I might have had too many Coke Zeros, or what I thought were Coke Zeros. Oh, boy. You're drinking a lot of them. So, um... She leaves them alone, and she comes back, and they're missing. 
Now, does she notice that there's blood all over the backyard? Because they See, go out is... of their way to not tell parents things. I, I feel like, like, yeah, it's kind of crazy because she's in the sh they don't tell her about the blood stains. They say there's blood, there's multiple blood stains in the backyard. I feel like if you come home and your kid's missing, you're probably going to look around that backyard before you call the police. She apparently didn't notice all of this blood. And when we find out what went down later, um, I bet there's a lot of fucking blood back there. Yeah, there's gotta be a lot. Um, so, I, what if she's just, like, just blocked out of her mind? She's like, nope, 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 nope. Definitely not. <laughs> Didn't see anything. Like, she's just losing her goddamn mind. So they test it. It's definitely blood. They're not sure if it's human or animal yet, uh, but they're gonna t send it back to the lab. But they do know it's blood, because something else I, I love about this is that Dragnet tries to educate people on police procedure. Like, they use a certain yeah. type of chemical on it, and it changes color, and they realize, hey, this isn't ketchup, like Mom seems to think it is. This is legitimately blood, and no, we don't know if that's it's human. Ketchup. Um, that's that's not blood. That's just a bottle of ketchup that I must have uh, spilled in the yard. You know how Definitely boys are with their, <laughs> with their lunches and how messy they are. You know, every, every time you know, in a boy's life, there comes a time when he just spills ketchup everywhere. You know that time in a boy's life. It's natural. Uh-huh. All right. Hey. Cool. Cool. <laughs> so they take the gallon of blood. They can just get off the top of the, like, just off the grass down to the station to test it. Um, they also find uh, they also find an empty uh, um, shell from a twenty-two rifle. Yeah, which the guy says it might be something and it might not be. Pretty sure it's something, dog. Well, it could just be like, you know, this is a fucking, like, 1949. Like, I, it could just be a shell from, like, somebody shooting a bird in their backyard. What's crazy to me is, like, didn't any neighbors hear, like, a gunshot? Yeah, I, I kept thinking they were going to mention that. It's just used, It's just natural. You just hear gunshots all the time in 49. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess, because they also say the blood looks fresh. Which I think is a weird... Of course the blood's fresh, right? You wouldn't mention it if it was... Well, I guess you'd mention if there was a presence of blood regardless. But look, hey, yeah. we got fresh blood, so it must be related to these kids. If there was just normal blood, we would have said it was something else, obviously, but... Oh, this blood's just... been back... Oh, that... Oh, yeah, Larry got a nosebleed in the backyard, like, a couple of months ago. The blood's still back there for some reason. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> but I guess... Uh, yeah, maybe a shell. Maybe someone fired it in the air for some... I, who fucking knows? Yeah, well, they, they can't shoot fireworks anymore, so they probably shoot guns in the air, right? True. We do find out later when the police chief go gets on the scene and he makes his opinions known, which are basically just... <laughs> so good. It is awesome. We'll, we'll get to that in a second, because it is a little bit later. I love that, um... <laughs> They're like, all right, bloodstains, empty cartridge. Joe Friday's like, that could mean a, could mean a hundred things. <laughs> Any ideas? <laughs> yeah, I just one, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it could mean a hundred. What happened to the hundreds? Yeah, what happened to all those different possibilities? <laughs> well, actually, it's just one. Yeah, it's just one. Sorry. Straight up murder. Hmm. But of what degree? Um. So then they um, it's a little bit later, and they're questioning the mother. Um. And they ask him if he's got a habit of, like, wandering off. Because at this point, they're saying, okay, look, all signs point to this kid, something happened. With a gun, obviously. There's all that blood in the backyard. It just doesn't happen. Something went down. So they ask, you know, does he run away? But they're trying to suss out, look, maybe we're wrong. 
Maybe just maybe they slaughtered the chicken for tonight's meal out back this morning. Who knows? Mm-hmm. They feather like removed all the feathers. And that, that that could happen this time period. Could absolutely happen. Does your kid? Who knows? Maybe maybe it's maybe it's a runaway Nazi like in the episode Archie. <laughs> True, but that that's where that's that's the key we're here, Brad. So they asked the mother, "Do you have a runner?" Do you have a runner? And she's like, well, not really. I mean, he went through that phase where boys get kind of independent, and he was like, I don't think how you're treating me is fair. I'm going to run away. But he came back later. I love the phrasing. Well, there comes this that time in every young boy's life when he feels that it's time to leave home, to go out on his own. Usually it happens somewhere around 8 to 10. <laughs> <laughs> like the way she says it is not like running away. It like it's it sounds like she's saying leaves home and like goes off and like starts their own life and career. No, she's talking about running away. <laughs> yeah, she's straight up running away. You know that time in every young man's life when he feels it's time to to leave home and go out on his own. You know when he's about eight. <laughs> Brad, did you ever try to run away? Supposedly. I also tried at around eight years old. I, I was much younger, but I don't know if I believe the story because most of the stories my family told are weirdly fictional. Oh, um, I guess I would have been younger too. I would have been around six. I was around three. Nice. Because uh, apparently, as the story was told to me, uh, me and my cousin Amy decided uh, we wanted to go, like, I don't know, like see one of the, see a neighbor or something. And so we just, like, left. Um, because we didn't have a fence in the, the yard at that point. Um, and that's when they decided to get a fence. Um, because we just, like, wandered off one day. Nice. And, like, got, like, ha- like got like almost down the street. Wow, before they, before they came and got you back. Yeah. Which, by the way, how do you, like, let, like, how do, like, a three and a four-year-old, like, wander down a street by themselves and no one caught wise? Yeah, seriously. So, uh, what's up, family? I was, I want to say I was in preschool, so I may have been four. I love this story started with you eight. I was eight years old. I couldn't read. Well, I honestly can't. Well, Joey's five now, so I'm trying to think of it if if I'm in the same like age gamut as him. I was either six or five. And for some reason, and I don't know why this is, but there are stories of kids running away from home and then realizing it's a bad idea. There's an Archie about that. There's an Archie radio show about it. There's nice. a Dragnet, obviously, about it right now, but with much harsher... I with much of a harsher outcome. But it's kind of woven into a lot of stories for kids where it's like, you might think you want to run away from home, but nope, that's a bad idea. So for some reason, I was like, I'm going to run away from home. Something's crazy. But I had my mother pack my bag for me. (laughs) And I was at the back door, and I was like, they're really going to let me leave. She's like, all right, here's your bag. And I was like, I don't want to leave. This is stupid. Why are you adults stopping me? Of course I was wrong. I'm a kid. I was like, why are you trying to send me out of the house? And she opened up the suitcase, and of course it was empty. And I was like, she knew the whole time. But, uh, but that's what if you, all I... What if you got out the door and, like, got um, started off on your ni- new life and then realizes your suitcase was empty? Yeah, I mean, Oh, like, you'd be fucked! It's like, well, thanks a lot! It starts raining. Hmm. I don't have money for anything at the gas station. It's like, well, fuck. I guess the suitcase is my home now. I'm tiny enough. I guess I can fit into it. It's my literal home. But thanks, Ma. <laughs> Hey, thanks. So that's all I remember. So I guess maybe maybe it is something that kids go through at some point. Joey uh, hasn't I hit guess. that point yet. I, I don't know. I think it only comes from like a time when like uh, like when people would be like, okay, like yeah, yeah, let's let our kids like try to run away because like uh, adults realizing the reality that it's not going to be able to work out. But like I don't feel like adults take that chance anymore. Not in this day and age. Like you can't let your kid get out of eyesight and it's going to get snatched up by a prey. Oh, exactly. Like it's a different age. Totally different. We didn't know about Preds back then. Um, I also find it interesting what, um, how 
Hey, man who wrote this, Jack Webb, writes certain types of things into the script. Here's one of them, from Ruth. You don't have any children, do you, Sergeant Friday? Joe says, no, I'm not married. No. Well, <laughs> well, hold up, Joe. You can have kids and not be married. Nope, well, not married. In 1949? Scandal. But I love that he says that. Like, now, no. it's like, what are you talking about, Joe? But then it's like, of course, yeah, he's not married. He wouldn't have kids. Or he oh. wouldn't be an upstanding police officer. Just little weird things in the script like that. Turn around. Let me see that suit. I'm not married, so of course I don't have kids. It's just weird. What's going on? So yeah, the kids ran away before, but nothing crazy. They ask if there's a gun in the house. The mom goes to I, the closet. Well, go ahead, Brad. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I just want to get back to the running away. They said that he ran away one time before, but just for two hours. Yeah. And it's only been four hours now, so it's a little bit longer than you. But like, like you're like nine-year-old ran away for two hours. And the husband was like, yeah, let him do it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's good for him. That'll show him. Like, that's such a different time. Like, it really it's is. kind of crazy. But I mean, really... I guess there's the intent of, I'm going to run away. But also, back during this time, kids kind of just hung out outside for, like, six hours at a time. You would leave super early in the morning, and you would maybe come home for lunch, and then you'd leave again. You'd kind of come home for dinner, and then you'd leave you again like and the, come back. Like, it was a full-time job. You the city, just, like, doing yeah. shit. Like, it's crazy. Kids put in wicked hours back then, doing nothing, just out and about. Just out. Out in the city, doing shit. It must have like, been a good time. I guess. We were on lock as kids. You couldn't get down the street as a three or four year old without someone snatching you back up and bringing you back. I couldn't leave the yard for the longest time. Really? Yeah. I couldn't ride my bicycle anywhere other than like the front of the house for a while. And I kept testing those boundaries. When when did that change? How old were you? Do you think? I, dude, if I had trouble remembering when we learned to read, which <laughs> I know true. now is in first That's... and second grade in earnest, obviously before then, because even Joey's learning stuff to how to read now. I have no idea. But I remember also, I don't know, I was a I was a very leery kid, so I would want, I didn't really want to push those boundaries too much. I was like, you know what, I'm fine just in front of the house. Maybe I'll go over to this manhole cover and come back. That's all you need, Alex. It's cool. How, how old were you before you were um, home alone? Now that I don't remember, but I do remember the time, the first time, because my parents went with my sister to, I want to say it was Walmart. And I said, you know what? I think I want to stay home by myself. And they thought, okay, I guess I guess you're old enough. The whole time they were gone, I was worried. I was nice. like, well, this is it, Alex. We're gonna something's gonna happen. Nice. Worst case scenarios in my mind, house is gonna burn down. Intruder immediately. Thunderstorm, tornadoes, anything. And they got home, and I was so relieved. But after that, when I was home by myself, I didn't care. I was like, all right, great. No. What do I want to do now? Whatever the hell I want. Yeah. When was when was the first time you stayed home alone? Do you remember that at all? Um. <sighs> I th- well, I think like when we um, when we moved down the street, because it was like I was just down the street, so I could just you know I would go to my grandparents' house after school for a while. But then it was kind of like, well, can I go down to the house and like get something? Because it's just down the block, so I could I would like you know it started off like I could go home and like I could be there for like I had to be back in half an hour, so I could go get some books or something like. And then that slowly started stretching out. So that was around second grade. So nice. So by, by third grade, I was pretty pretty regularly living that could, latch latchkey kid lifestyle. You couldn't do that now though at all. See, I, it's different. Like well, I don't I know, think like, Joey, I, we wouldn't let Joey do that now. I don't know if even in second grade he'd let him do it. And but yeah. your house and your neighborhood, nothing was going to happen to you. No, like that famous. was a totally different. Yeah, yeah. Because with with the world now, like it's not going to be like like I like we could be like left alone, just alone, all the time. Like I by fifth by by the time I was in like 
fourth or fifth grade, it was like I was just like, yeah, I'm just like, I'm just living my life. I'm just, <laughs> I'm living just my life. I'm independent. Hey, Grams, I'm just gonna go down the street. Just Later. gonna do my thing. See ya. Bye. Late. Like so those summer vacations, those fourth and fifth grade summer vacations, oh, of just the like best. staying home alone, nothing. Do whatever uh, you wanted. Whatever you wanted. Ah. Uh, which was largely listening to old radio shows because that's what I did. And that's great. It served you well, friend. It's indeed. That's that's how we got here, guys. It's how it's all happening. Mm. So yeah, her kids are runners sometimes. Joe's not married, and yeah, there's a gun in the house. But also, there's another gun in the house because we've decided to give our kid a gun for Christmas. <gasps> Twenty-two rifle. Um, it's over here in the closet. Are you gonna have to unwrap it? We've already wrapped it. Well, I guess it's fine. Wait a minute. It's not here. What happened to it? Oh, no. Oh, no. He called it. (laughs) Joe knew. no. Could have been a hundred thousand things. Oh. All the evidence points to one. So, uh, yeah, they're still searching for the kid. Haven't found anything. Um, They've checked with all the friends. Um, Nothing. So they they call back to the station, and they they get the results of the test, and it's definitely human blood. Certainly. (laughs) So, uh, and they're like, uh, so, uh, what's the blood type of the kid? Uh, like, well, we didn't ask it. We didn't want to upset the mother. <laughs> uh, we thought we'd wait till the last thing <laughs> see, see about it. I'm like, ah, uh, maybe you should check with a family doctor. That way you won't freak her out. Okay, that's a good idea, actually, yeah. <laughs> I love the idea of, hey, uh, we're the police. We're just checking them. You're their family doctor, right? Oh, what's their kid's blood type? Yeah, they're missing kid. Don't, you don't, don't say anything. We just... We're just curious. We gotta just check on some things. So, Doctor, and if you just wouldn't say anything to him right now, that would be cool. Oh, no. Which I get. Yeah. Especially this is what ends up happening, which we'll get to. But this seems odd, right? They're always trying to calm down everyone to not, you know, leap to conclusions, which is important in any kind of criminal investigation, but we know what's happening. And I also, I, I also love they start that with, they start off the call when they call in, they're like, oh yeah, we're still, we're still waiting for the, um, Thad Brown, who's like the police chief. Yeah, we're still waiting on him. Uh, and so they finish this conversation, like, oh, here he comes. Yeah. Like, it's, it, like, you can tell, like, they're kind of dreading, like, oh boy, here he comes, he's, he's, uh, uh, oh, god, we're gonna have to hear this speech again. <laughs> so he updates him on the case. And then, like, we get a stri- a, a classic Dragnet monologue. You said the gun was missing. Yeah, the Johnstones were going to give it to the boy as a Christmas present. They had it hidden, but it's gone now. Any idea who took it? Well, they left the Christmas wrapping behind. I think it was the kid. Twenty-two rifle, huh? Nine-year-old boy. When are they going to learn? First, it's carbide cannons on the 4th of July. The city issued ordinance after ordinance. But a few thousand kids around the country had to lose their eyes, fingers, hands... Well, the parents gives us their full cooperation to outlaw them. I don't know what you mean. Sure you do. Even every other cop in the country became the heaviest trying to clamp down on them. It's always the same story. This time it's guns for Christmas. I know what you're thinking, but we're not sure yet. Listen, Friday, there's a city ordinance against giving a gun to a kid. You know that. Yes, I know that. There's a missing boy and a missing gun. There's blood on the ground and an empty shell. That's enough for me. I'm going to stay with it. Something's got to break. Yeah. I hope it's not the hearts of that kid's parents. Like, I, I love when he gets all crazy about fireworks. Oh, yeah. Starts with fireworks. First, it's carbide cannons on the 4th of July. City issued ordinances after ordinance. But a few thousand kids around this country had to lose their eyes, fingers, hands before the parents would give us their full cooperation to outlaw them. Like, all right. All right. Okay, calm down. So, 
Yeah, it's it's a really awesome. I come on, it's a classic. I I love when Joe tries to calm him down, and it's like he's like, yeah, I know. He's like, yeah, there's a there's a missing boy and a missing gun. There's blood on the ground and empty shell. That's enough for me. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. So jaded. <laughs> Yikes. So finally, they find the gun, and they can tell it's been recently fired. Yeah. Um. Also, there's another thing. Another missing kid. Oh, it's an eight-year-old boy. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, we got a recently fired gun and um, two missing kids. Well, had a good run. So, they go over to this other lady's house, right? The other mom and talk to her. Is her the f- is her husband the fire chief or is no no um Johnston is is the fire is the f- yeah the other lady's husband is like a this shop guy keep- he runs a yeah he's a shopkeeper of some sort so they're chatting about stuff it's like all right cool what's the blood type of your kid <laughs> what no reason just curious we it's a routine question man it's just it's just every time I- color of the eyes height. Blood type. We didn't ask those other two questions. I just, I love this other mother, like, this woman. She's, like, she's so suspicious of everything. Like, that's a funny question. I feel there's more to this thing. Something you're not telling me. Well, there's no use to upset you until we know a few things for sure. Then you are holding back something. Now, please try not to worry, Ms. Morheim. There are certain questions we'll have to ask, routine questions in any kind of investigation. Is there anything else you want to know? Yes, ma'am. What is your boy's blood type? That's a funny question. Do you think anything's happened to him? Have you found him and you're not telling me? No, ma'am, we haven't found him. We don't think anything's happened to him. His blood type? Yes, ma'am. I mean, it is. Oh, it's just, just a question. It's just a question. We always ask. What the fuck? So, uh, this nervous Nelly mom uh, is like, well, I, I guess I can check his baby book. Um, and we find out both these kids have typo blood. Oh, same blood all over the crime scene. Oh, man. Oh, no. Well, definitely. One of these, one or both of these kids has been shot. Out of the hundreds of ways, now there's only like 25 ways this could mean. Uh, we'll get to the bottom of it. Don't worry about it. Ugh. Yeah. So we're listening to Dragnet for the solution to an actual case from official police files. But if you need the real solution to many of your Christmas shopping problems, <laughs> uh, they got the answer, and that answer is Fatima cigarettes. Fatima. Oh, yeah, man. I, it's so crazy. I mean, I say that as a person with a Joe Camel like uh, um, cup holder. Oh yeah, I mean, Joe Camel's a nice brand as far as like branding goes. Granny's yeah. associated with cancer and cigarette, but hey, it's hey, nothing wrong with. But it's but I mean, as a kid, I thought Joe Camel's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of why they stopped having Joe Camel. <laughs> <laughs> Quite true. Quite true. It's just a, it's amazing how long like we like cigarette like advertising was like the largest advertising. Just yeah. <laughs> it's actually amazing. I guess you can't cover up some people obviously getting sick from cigarettes and that's how they lost it, but it's it shocks me that they weren't able to keep the game up longer than they were. Or did. Oh. I mean, it's just like, I've never smoked a cigarette, but if you're just around smoke, you, you that's bad. Like, you just know that this is bad. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. Like, it's terrible. I mean, I guess we just lived in a world that had so much smoking that people didn't realize that it was burning their throats. Because it was just everywhere. Yeah. I the guess. concept of uh, Carthage didn't even... 
It wasn't even a blip on their radar. We didn't even really know too much about anything back then. I mean, just forget about the can. Just like it, it hurts. Yeah, it hurts to be around cigarette smoke. It's like, painful. <laughs> like that's crazy to me. You're breathing fire. <laughs> like you set the you set something on fire and you breathe in smoke. How did that ever seem like a good idea? Everyone has a fireplace. Everyone has a stove. When something gets burnt, it coats it with some weird, gross black thing. Um, that's like the carbon in it. That's gross. That's happening in your lungs, guys. Duh. It just seems like it should have been public. It should have been... Everyone should have just realized. You didn't, you didn't even need, like, scientific studies to figure out that cigarettes cause cancer. Everyone should have just realized uh, cigarettes make you die. Yeah. Uh. Easily. Of course, you have Fatima doubling and then redoubling their uh, smokers. I mean... I guess. People are dumb, man. People are just dumb. Stop and think about things for just a second. What is this EU vote gonna have? What is this gonna have an impact on my life? Oh. Where are you gonna get your l eggs? You gonna get them from John? Or you gonna get them from the? Uh, oh boy, that YouTube video is insane. Oh seriously, I um, go ahead. Yes. So um, back to Dragnet. It's 8 p.m. Thursday, December 22nd. No signs of these kids. Um, Chief Hothead went back to the station. Is coordinating the search. Um, it's. It's getting colder outside. The citrus growers were warned to expect to freeze. Yes. <laughs> 8.30 p.m. It was getting colder. The citrus growers were warned to expect to freeze. We went up the block to see Mrs. Johnstone. Her husband had quit work early and returned home. We talked with him. He could tell us nothing more than we already knew. We still had not informed either of the families about the bloodstains and the empty cartridge casing which had been discovered in the backyard of the Johnstone home. <laughs> was more than possible that they had a right to know about our findings, but Ben and I felt that there was no cause to add the, to the distress of the two families at this time. I love that line. Just like, I, like now I'm like all concerned about these citrus growers. Yeah. Uh, like, we never hear anything else about them. Like, how are their crops doing? Was there a freeze? Like, what happened to 1949 citrus crops? I'm concerned. Yeah, how does this impact um, Christmas oranges for the children? Oh, fuck. You gotta have Christmas oranges in 1949. Yeah, that's... that's like the main thing you get for Christmas is an orange. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. This is the first time I've ever had an orange in months. You're telling me the freeze is coming? Ah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's about to get a lot worse. Just hang on. You better hope. You better hope your family went and bought the Christmas oranges before the 22nd. Cause like if they fucking waited till last minute, if your fucking deadbeat drunk cops <laughs> waited till Christmas Eve to go out and buy the Christmas oranges, you're fucked. You're pretty fucked at that point. No orange in your stocking, no fruitcake for the holidays, you're fucked. Happy holidays, motherfucker. Happy holidays. Mm. So, citrus growers, on bated breath whether or not the freeze is going to take their livelihood. Question, I, I'm just gonna, like, I, because I was at the grocery store the other day and I thought about buying some oranges. Okay. And I live in Florida yeah. where oranges are, like, about. Yeah, the Floridian orange, it's like, famous. Oranges are so fucking expensive. Like, I feel like I want somebody to give me oranges for Christmas this year. Because... <laughs> how much are your oranges? I, I can't... I don't know. Too much. Too much. Like, how much is too much? I, I I don't remember the exact numbers. I'll look the next time I'm at the grocery store. But, like, the price of fruit, like, is... I don't know. It's kind of it, high. It is high right now on certain fruits, obviously, because, well, there's just tons of things happening with crops and stuff. But my question to you is, are you going to, like, is this, like, Whole Foods pricing? Like, $10 for an orange. 
I no, I I was just I was at Publix, so okay. but I look I looked at apples and oranges. I I remember the apples. It was like eight dollars for a bag of apples. Wow, that seems high. Yeah, and I was like, what the fuck is this? I bought some grapes, which I think I paid for like three or four dollars for. Okay, that that even seems high. Yeah, it all seems high. I'm like, what the hell happened? I'm about to go. Why can't I buy fruits? I can buy I can buy a box of pop tarts for like a dollar, but I have to <laughs> spend like eight dollars to get an apple. That's how you know that those that fruit and uh, pop tarts isn't real fruit because it doesn't reflect the actual price of fruit prices. <laughs> huh? Gotcha, pop tarts. Mm. Hey, Kellogg's. Oh, it's just a bunch Ooh. of chemicals. We gotcha, Kellogg's, with your chemical fruit. Chemical fruit, your fakey fruit, fruit fakes. We gotcha. I'll pay $20 for my grapes, thank you. <laughs> oh, mm, at least they're fresh. The idea of a ah, and op- grape Pop-Tart, there's a reason why that doesn't exist. No one wants grape-flavored Pop-Tarts. Because grape flavor's bullshit. It is bullshit. Well, it's bullshit, Brad, but it's also bullshit. Well, Obvious. Worst artificial flavor. Grape. Obviously. Fuck off, grape. Yeah, fuck off. I, I still eat Pop-Tarts, though. I'm, 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 I don't care. <laughs> I, I gotta box them right you gotta here. Get a what, you, what are you rocking? What are you, what are you rocking right now? I get a blueberry frosting. Nice. I almost got blueberry. I go with cherry a lot. Just a classic cherry. Ugh. Can't do cherry. Why not? Can't do cherry. It's the one flavor I cannot do. I take that back. There's another flavor I can't do. What? It's called maple bacon. Ah. Uh-uh. I bought it on a whim because I was like, what the fuck is this? I took one bite and threw it away. And I was like, hey, Dan, do you want some maple bacon flavored pop tarts? <laughs> I didn't realize that was a thing, man. But thank you for the warning, because yeah, I would have bought that just to try it. I know. It's for the for the sheer novelty of it. I bought it. And it, worst mistake ever. Hey, um, here's a... I couldn't... I'm an adult. I I don't know the last time I took a bite of something and had to spit it out. Once. <laughs> that is... I mean, that's a risky move. Something like maple and bacon. Is it real... Was it real bacon, or was it also artificial bacon? Yeah. Hey, uh... It was as it was as fake as fake can be. I don't. <laughs> it tasted like it just tasted like salt and garbage. Ugh. Yeah, pop tarts. Keep with the sweet stuff, man. Yeah. That yeah. being said, um, here's a stocking stuffer idea for this, the um, yeah, the dark solstice, um, blueberry Oreos. Wow. Blueberry pie Oreos are good. I'll stand by it. I. That sounds pretty good. I can get with that. We were talking at work. One of the guys I work with, I would call him an Oreo connoisseur. Apparently, he used to buy just Oreos, all types, keep them at his desk at work at his former job. So much so that he had to stop. They basically had an intervention like, you gotta stop bringing Oreos in. We love it, but you gotta stop. So we were talking about our favorite <laughs> Oreos, and I went to, um, I want to say Target with Joey and Emily, and right there, that same day, there were, limited time, blueberry, Oreo, blueberry pie Oreos. Snatched up a bag, took them to work. They were gone the next day. Like I'm sure, and they were good. Like is it is it is it a blueberry cookie with a like what's what's the makeup? Um, it is the vanilla cookie, and then yeah. it has a blue filling that is flavored like blueberry. If you like blueberry pop tarts, you're gonna love these. They're they're good. I'm sold. Find them at your local grocer. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. I'm I'm just getting some of my fifty dollar grapes. Mmm. <laughs> Tastes like money. (laughs) Prices are soaring, man. That is kind of crazy, though. I'm going to look into that. Yeah. So, so the citrus, we're concerned about the citrus growers. (laughs) Um, Still haven't heard anything about these missing kids. Nothing. But we got a break in the case, though, Brad. One of the kids showed Mm -hmm. up at a parent's house. That suspicious mom, her kid showed up. 
but he's been acting strange. His clothes are all dirty. He's got a weird look about him. I don't like it. Good boy. Um, they talked to the kid, and with, like, no prodding at all, I killed my friend. <laughs> You've got to help us find him, son. I... I killed him. I killed Steve with the twenty-two. We were only playing. <laughs> but I killed him. How do you know you killed him? Maybe he's only hurt. Now, isn't that it? <laughs> no, he's dead. I know he's dead. The gun went off. We forgot we put bullets in there. Where is he, Stanley? I hid him. I was scared. I didn't want anybody to find him. Where did you hide him, son? In a cave up on the hill. I didn't mean it. It was my pal. Do you want to show us where, son? Yes, I'll show you. Please don't send me to jail. Oh, I straight up, oh, I killed Steve with that twenty-two. We were playing, but I killed him. Are you sure you killed him? Is he just like hurt somewhere? Oh no, he's dead. Oh, I know he's dead. I killed him. I killed him. The gun went off. I forgot. I forgot we it's, put bullets in there. Isn't that weird? It's. I. I fucking love that. We forgot we put bullets in it. Um. What? I'm not buying it. Not at all. You're nine years old. This you don't forget you put bullets in a gun. This is fucking creepy. It is. Like this whole scene because like the kid comes the, the kid comes home and he, he won't really say anything. Um so the mother's like, Will you try to talk to him? Try to talk to him. Uh please. We can't get him to tell us anything. And like Joe Friday has this like weird like conversation that it's like Jack Webb talking to kids is just weird. Get your head up, youngster. Yeah, well she also says uh, something like, if, if and if you don't mind, go ahead and try to get him to eat something for crying out loud. It's like, Mom, your kid is a murderer. <laughs> like, um, there's like another kid's blood all over your backyard that you somehow didn't notice. Oh, uh, whatever. So yeah, oh, he's like, he's dead. I hit him in the cave that we used to hang out in just for fun. He's my pal. I honestly didn't mean to shoot him. We genuinely... Look, it's an honest mistake. I forgot there were bullets in the gun. So I didn't want to go to jail and I felt bad. I took him to the little cave that we hang out in. I kept him up there. Oh I, I was there for a while. I, I just kept praying to God that he would bring him back to life. And that didn't work. Now I suspect that God is bullshit. <laughs> oh, boy. Like, I, I... It's so fucking creepy. Like, because I... You know, I think I wouldn't have even thought about, like... Uh, about, like, maybe he wasn't dead. But then Friday's like, well, maybe you didn't kill him. Maybe you just hurt him. Is that right? Is that what happened? And he's like, no, I killed him. But the idea that, like, what if he wasn't dead? What if that, what if he was, like, still alive? And that kid put him in a wheelbarrow and oh, took him to hide him in a cave. Because, like, he also got hit in the stomach. We find out that, um, the little kid, Stanley, didn't shoot him, Steve. Steve was running with the gun, and Stanley was chasing him, because it was his turn to hold the gun, Steve. And Steve tripped and then shot himself in the stomach. So, yeah, it's very believable that this kid dragged this kid off, and the kid died in the cave. Because this little kid didn't know what was up. Ugh. I mean, stomach, Fuck. you bleed, I, I may be mistaken, but from what I think I've heard and read, from a stomach wound, you just bleed. Well, it, and again, I'm clarifying, it wasn't a stomach wound, he was shot in the chest. So he died probably pretty quick. It says here, Stanley says himself, okay, granted, this kid is a lying son of a bitch, so yeah. Well, the, he's a kid, the, but like, Friday says later, uh... He says, uh, there we found a small cave holding the body of Stephen Morheim. There was a single bullet wound in his chest, okay. just below his heart. There you go. So that it wasn't his stomach, Stanley. It was below his heart, though. It wasn't through the heart, so it, it probably hurt. <laughs> it definitely hurt. Ooh. Ooh. It wasn't instant. Oh, no. 
It's okay. Don't say anything. I'll get you in the wheelbarrow. Where are you gonna take me? Take you to the cave. No! <laughs> Not the oh, cave! Oh. It's okay. Jesus will save you. In the holy cave. Uh, and, like, this kid, like, he just feels so awful for this little kid. Like, it's an awesome child Oh, actor. yeah, very, very nice. He's great. Oh. Their investigation, yeah, like Brad said, sucked. <laughs> just a classic forgot, uh, forgot the bullet goof. So, they gotta tell this kid's parents that he's dead. They take him to his house. I guess they put him in his room? Yeah, this is crazy. This, it gets it gets nuts. They, okay, okay, here's... We put in a call to the coroner's office and acquainted him with the facts. He designated a local mortuary to handle the body pending autopsy and granted us permission to remove the body to the Morhai home. Miss Morheim collapsed, the family doctor was called. Ben and I sat in the living room to wait for John Morheim, the dead boy's father. And they keep saying the dead boy's father. Yeah. The, the, but oh. the fact that the mom just collapsed instantaneously, like we told the mom, gone, just out. Why did you bring a dead body to their home? <laughs> Ding dong! <laughs> we found your son, he's got a gaping hole in his chest. Ma'am, sit down. Also, he's out of blood and he's blue and dead. I'd like to think that they kept assuring her it was alright until they removed the sheet from her son's dead body in the shock. God. <laughs> Because they don't, they they hold back forever. Like they, because there's all this like uh, maybe we should have told, maybe I guess we we maybe should have told them uh, about finding the blood, but we don't want to worry them yet. Yeah, they keep saying that. It's like um, like I get you don't want to get them unnecessarily freaked out if their kid happens to be alive, but at some point maybe you gotta say something. I don't know. It's a bad situation. Officers, what is underneath the sheet? Come on, let's take a look, ma'am. Nothing. <laughs> just, it's, uh, we, we got you a gift for a party. <laughs> Nothing about this seems uh, right. Where's my boy? Well, ma'am, take a seat. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, crazy. Boy. So, she's she's unconscious. They she, they speared her way to the side room. Dad gets home. <laughs> Where's my boy? Well, sir. <laughs> like, have you found him? Yes, sir. Well, where is he? Steve? Stevie? Where's Steve? He's upstairs. <laughs> is he hurt? He's upstairs, sir. Oh, yes, sir, yes. He's hurt. All right. I mean, it must be like a flesh. I mean, I mean, must it couldn't be that bad. He's hurt real bad, sir. Well, what's wrong? Go upstairs, sir. <laughs> don't like don't. Huh? Don't let him find out like that. Wait. Well, what happened? Put it together, sir. <laughs> what are you? It's what are you, it's pretty bad. Like, just tell him. Just tell just him. Tell him. Like, what kind of, are you getting off on this, Joe? Like, what's going on? Fuck hell, Joe. Like, just peel that fucking bandage off. Stop. <laughs> Well, he waits for the father to realize he's he's dead. Uh, uh, he, is it all right if I go in? Why did you put the dead kid in his dead kid room? It's, dude, and this is one thing I had marked because he says he's dead. No confirmation that we can hear audibly at all. And this is a radio show from Joe. So the dad's just put it, piecing it together like Joe wants him to. It's all part of Joe's master plan. Um, and he says, is it all right if I go in? And he's like, if you want to, tell this man not to go in. <laughs> and yes, yeah, so maybe maybe just like a, I don't think you want to do that. Or I, <laughs> why did you bring the body to the house? But I love I love the next line from that. He's like, if you want to. And you hear him start to make steps toward it, and he stops, and he says, Will you go with me? And at that point, I think people start oh. crying. At that point, it is yes. like, this guy knows, and he just needs someone there. And his wife, who knows where she is? Doesn't ask for her. She Doesn't ask what out. happened to her, but... 
And he's like, Shh. Oh my God. But Joe is like the worst person you'd want with you. He's like, Sure. Deadpan, straight, playing his maniacal games of guessing. And dude loses like, it. I, I, and I gotta play it. Let me play this out. Like, like, this whole, like, the conversation this guy has with his corpse of a son. Like, God damn. He's talking about, like, all the things he got him for Christmas. And it's like, Fuck. It is real, man. In it. Don't make it any harder on yourself, Mr. Morheim. I want to see my boy. <laughs> Mr. Morheim. Stevie, Stevie, Stevie. Listen to me, son. We've got you a lot of nice things for Christmas. Everything you wanted. I, I got you the three new cars for the train. The, the one with the search light is really worse. <laughs> Son, you, you... You got that new switch you wanted to it. It's a lot more track. <laughs> <laughs> you know that that new baseball that you saw? Well, I got it for you. <laughs> that cowboy outfit you wanted, I got you too. <laughs> Mr. Morahan. <laughs> Come on, Joe. It gets to you. I almost cried at work. And I've heard this over and over again at this point. It's a classic. Yeah. We've listened to it ad nauseum. It's but hearing it again today, yeah, I, I got a I got a little emotional. I didn't expect that. Oh yeah. It's this is harsh. Um where's the kid where's the other boy? That okay, and this yep. is where it takes a turn. Yep. So this father's had this like emotional fall apart, and then like he's like, "Well, what happened?" And uh, it's like, "Oh, it was an accident. He was playing with the other boy up the streets. They were playing with a gun, and it went off." What was the other boy's name? <laughs> and with no hesitation, Stanley uh, Stanley uh, Johnson. It, it was an accident. It like an I accident. love that he throws in there, uh, Stanley Johnson. It was an accident. <sighs> Mister Morheim, where are you going? I want to see that boy. What? <laughs> and then we have music that is like menacing music. And then Joe says in narration, I had no idea what the dead father, uh, the dead boy's father had in mind. We didn't feel that we should try to restrain him. Um, yeah. We went along with him up the street to the Johnstone home. <laughs> and dude rings the doorbell. The mother comes to the door. I'm Stevie's father. Where's your yeah, boy? Yeah, it's like... First God off, damn. mad props to this woman for being tough and like not like freaking out or just like she's like, yeah, come on in, he's right here. That boy must have been scared out of his goddamn mind. And I love Joe Friday's right there, and he's like, it's all right, Miss Johnstone, it's not all right. This dude should not be around your kid right not now. Not at all. We don't know what he's gonna do. We don't know what he's no. gonna do. Where's the murder weapon? Oh. Joe, it's all right, ma'am. Just let him have it. Where do you keep the bullets? Oh, boy. Boy. <laughs> Joe? It's all right, man. Just let me get the bullets. This is the game you played, this is the game you played with my son. 
<laughs> We're gonna play a little game. No. Weren't sure how far it was gonna go, ma'am. Didn't realize. I guess we should have restrained him. Uh, whatever. What do you do? What do you take from all this? I don't know. <laughs> Fuck. But the, then it gets like, oh my god, like it's. Yeah. This is it's so harsh. Like this guy's like, he's like, ah, I've got a nice, I, I got a lot of nice presents for Stevie. I know we'd want you to have them. I want to give them to you on Christmas Eve. And the kid, I love the kid. The kid's like, mom, this is weird. And I, oh, what's happening? I. Stevie's father. Where's your boy? I'm sorry. Where's your boy? He's right here. Won't you come in? It's all right, Mrs. Johnstone. You... You the boy that was with Stevie? Yes, sir. What's your name? Stanley. Stanley. I wonder if you'd do something for me. Yes, sir. I've got a lot of nice presents for Stevie. I know he'd want you to have them. I want to give them to you. Christmas Eve. Mom? I, I think that would be a fine idea, son. So this kid kills his friend and then gets all the presents. I, I, I like, I, but I think really, you know, really, this father's doing a long con revenge because, like, this kid didn't feel guilty before. Oh, this kid will never play with toys again. <laughs> this kid's fucked. This kid is super like, fucked. Like, I don't even. Oh. Like, and this is based on a true story, or is true for as far as I mean. Let's just take it for face value. That's kind of weird. Like, how would you jump to that conclusion so quickly? And I, maybe it didn't happen like this. Maybe it happened over the course of days. And like, you know what? Let's give the kid the toys. It's cool. Um, well, I just imagine, like, also, like, I want to get these toys out of my fucking house because I don't want to think about this. True. Very true. And that makes sense. Uh, it's, it, but it's, oh, but my God. You know who like, will is, always so think good. about this now? <laughs> that kid. Mm. <laughs> Little Stanley. Oh, yeah. But, and I, I don't know if it's, I can't remember if it was this version or one of the later ones I listened to, because some of the dad actors, they get, they get into it. Yeah. But one of the little kids, in one of the ways that he reads, or like, that he says, mom, when he's questioning whether he should get all these presents, is terrified. And that's my favorite reading of that line, because he should yes. be. There's just nothing's right about any of this. <laughs> There's just this, like, there's this man who's the father of the kid that you feel guilty for killing. He's like, I want to give you his toys. I got him a lot of nice Christmas presents. I want you to have them. I want you to have all the nice things I got him. Would that be all right with you? Mom, what's happening? Why is this scary crying man talking to me so loudly? <laughs> it's fine, son. The policemen are here. Son, just let him do it. I have no idea what he's going to do, son. Just let him give you presents. Ugh, fuck. And then, obviously, the best line of all of this is when yes. Ben slowly, thoughtfully says, Well... What does all this prove, Joe? You don't give a kid a gun for Christmas. Bum, ba dum, bump. <laughs> like, I love it. And also, and not so much on this version, but there is definitely one where that is much harsher and it's much faster with the music cue. Oh, yeah. There's one where he eventually gets, like, I guess his standard partner, not this Texas guy, 
where it's I don't I think they even change it slightly. It's not what does it prove? It's like what do you make out of all this, Joe? Or something along those lines, and immediately, don't give a kid a gun for Christmas. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> like, <laughs> duh, don't give kids fucking guns. And they make a point in this like, episode to be like, don't give a kid a gun. Just don't give a kid yeah. a gun. It's stupid. Uh, don't give children guns. Seriously. Lesson for the ages. So, yeah. We find out later that, like, all car- charges were dropped, right? Like, the kid gets off scot-free. Well, he didn't do anything. The other kid tripped and shot True. himself. Like, I mean... I mean, he did. He did drag this kid to a cave to die slowly and painful death. But I th- that kid you know didn't know I that. Think if you're nine years old, if you're nine years old and you have a little freak out and try to hide a dead body, it's okay. You're at not. nine. You know how to read, <laughs> for damn sure. You know how to um, play. You'll forget you have bullets in a gun, and you might have questions about whether God exists. But so, at nine, I think you know better than to drag a body to a cave and pray that it'll come back to life. You should know better at that point. (laughs) Right? I don't know. I don't know. No, obviously. I mean, come on. I was a Jizo for a while, well past nine. What's my excuse? I was going to say, Alex, I'm pretty sure, like, you would pray over, like, uh, something for, like, you would pray over lunch until, like, you were in high school. True, but that's different. Very different. I wouldn't have carried a... I think a... so you okay? So praying over lunch is okay, but praying over a dead body, no way. No, even at nine, I would have been like, we should get this person medical help. All praying right. over lunch was different. And granted, in the grand scheme of things, well past my Jizo phase, yeah, it's all bullshit. Praying over anything is just silly. But yeah, I just feel if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna give prayer a whirl, I feel like I don't know. I feel like dead body is a better reason than turkey sandwich. True. You know what, Brad? That might be that might be true. <laughs> Maybe save those prayers for the big stuff. And maybe during those times, don't even pray until you've... Maybe pray after you've assessed the situation. Don't worry about this Twinkie. <laughs> like, that. you don't need to pray for that. Uh, pray, pray about your dead friend. Well, I mean, that kind of shows the hand of the Jesus. Like, you're playing over the most stupid stuff. Maybe you should be on your hands and knees during extreme circumstances and only during those circumstances if you believe this. But twist part, you don't. That's why kids carry other kids into caves after they get shot and that kid dies. Because when you're nine, you'll believe that shit. But when you're an adult, you're like, no, we got to get this kid to a hospital. God isn't going to do a goddamn thing because God isn't real. But this just in, Brad, Fatima cells are up. Oh, nice. They're up 132%. And that's just in the New York division. What about the Chicago one, Brad? Oh, whew, quadruple. Yep. Even in Los Angeles, 545%. More and more smokers agree Fatima is the best of all long cigarettes. Who was the short cigarette that people enjoyed? Camel? I mean... Lucky Strike? LSMFT. LSMFT. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. What was it? Like, what would it be like to get smokes for Christmas? God damn! It's like give an extra mile Fatima for Christmas in its attractive gold and yellow carton. Everyone who smokes Fatima says they're a great long cigarette and best of all long cigarettes. Give them for Christmas presents. Ah, huh? I guess. I yes. guess it's no different than like giving a lottery ticket or something. Like I, I, I well, okay, they're a little different, but I, as far as like I guess scale level, you either give them smokes or a lottery ticket or something. I, you're at a gas station getting one of these two things now i guess back then you would go to a department store to buy your cigarettes i don't know the 40s seemed like a weird time (laughs) Uh, uh. 
Is that, did that brand last? Is, are there still Fatima cigarettes? I don't, I don't think, think so, are. man. That's something else that's strange. A lot of them, well, and maybe just because of an example of, okay, we're going to rebrand our cigarettes to something else because Fatima now means cancer. <laughs> and poor Lucky Strike, damn. Tea for taste and tea for throat, they will never live that down. Ah, uh, let's see. There was also another radio show, uh, the short-lived mystery anthology called Tales of Fatima, hosted by Basil Rathbone. Wow. Yeah. Those mystery shows, though, are really great. All of these old radio shows are awesome. Uh, yeah. I mean, and I would say not just because of their time, because there's always a kind of interesting, um, I guess, traipsing through yesteryear and just how different culture and society were, but just like mm -hmm. good, just fun little romp storytelling stuff. Yeah. But that's that's Dragnet, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, we've all learned a very valuable lesson. Um, uh, cherish your uh, um, citrus growers? Mm-hmm. Nice. And in this, these hard winters, these harsh winters, well, okay, I guess oh. in the harsh sunshine, those <laughs> citrus growers, they get the happiest ending of all. <laughs> I'm glad it's working out for somebody. Yep, let's just cling to that happiness in this, the time of uh, the shadow sol solstice. It'll it'll warm back up. Hey, hey Alex. Hey Alex. Quick question. What's up? <laughs> who won? Who lost? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> obviously, worst, best dressed and worst dressed. Best dressed goes to Friday because he got that new suit. Definitely. <laughs> He's turning around. He's showing it off. Worst dressed is that stupid kid who walks in all muddied up and dumb looking. Definitely. Okay, I agree. Uh, who won? That kid who was <laughs> muddied up and dumb looking because he got all the toys. <laughs> Right? It's true. Or did Friday win because his weird, like, Machiavellian games of, like, control over these poor families and the reveal of death? I mean, he controlled this thing from the get-go. I don't know. I just like to think it's the kid who got all the toys and the loser's the kid that died in a cave while someone uh, no, chanted... The, the, the loser's the father. The father lost. Oh, because he's not going to be sane. He he, he he lost his fucking marbles. Yeah, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> I think you're right. Oof. Dad lost. Kid won for now. <laughs> oh, that kid's gonna end up fucked up. Unless he planned all this, which I don't think he did. I. It's true. This could be a long con. I think that you would... If he kills again and gets more toys, we'll know. Regardless of what was found, like, because you can never know for sure because there were no eyewitnesses, you should keep the tabs on this kid, <laughs> right? Definitely. At least for another ten years to make sure something like this doesn't happen again. Mm. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, joining us this holiday season. Or, yeah, uh, for Ramjack. We're going to keep bringing you Christmas in July. Indeed. Um, we have a voicemail. We do? We do. Hey, Ramjack Podcast. This is Claire. Um, I'm just ringing in with a quick monster sighting that I had today that I'm still uh, recovering from. I'm literally walking back from just doing my vote in... The EU referendum, so apologies about the noise. I am by the side of the road. Um, speaking of monsters, yeah, the, the whole EU referendum has brought out a plethora of monsters in the UK. There are monsters everywhere. Anyway, this particular monster I um, am calling in about was a lady that I spotted in my town of Kingston earlier today. Um, so it's a very, very warm day, um, very muggy, uh, kind of Florida weather today, very sweaty. So there's um, people sort of walking around in sandals, things like that, little vest tops. 
Um, but I spotted this particular woman. I'd say she was in her 60s. It's a very slight woman. Um, acting really shiftily as she was crossing this road. That was the first thing I noticed. But the second thing I noticed was she was wearing very, very thick uh, woolen socks. Like the kind that have the little um, plastic bits on the bottom to stop you slipping around. Like totes toasties. Okay, that's weird. Um, why are you wearing those? Um, the second thing was... She was wearing, uh, over those, she was wearing a pair of bright pink fluorescent Crocs. And that's, that's enough for me to have a panic attack anyway, because Crocs, I hate them, they're horrible. I think they're ugly, they, ugh, 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 just the thought, ugh, gross. Also, the woolly socks were pink as well. Um, but the really weird thing was, <laughs> over one of her feet, the, the layers went as follows. Uh, she had a Croc, then under the Croc, she had a, a white plastic bag that she'd put an elastic band around her foot, around her ankle to keep it in place. Um, and then the sock underneath. I, I don't know what that's about. It's covering her foot, but there was some kind of squel squelchage, if that's a word, going on in the bag. Um, th there, was, there was noise when she was walking that I could hear, and there was definitely um, something in the bag. Some kind of liquid. I don't know. And uh, yeah, I, I kind of threw up in my mouth and then then ran away, pretty much. Um, but yeah, that's uh, my first monster spotting for a while. So I thought I would send it in. Uh, all right, love you guys. Speak to you later. Yikes! Wow. That's a fucking monster. Yeah, Claire. We're glad you got out of there. Um, Indeed. Wow. What do you think was Ugh. in that bag? Uh, doom sauce? Yeah, obviously doom sauce. <laughs> the blackness that is Nearly. spit um, in Florida is, could be in that bag. What if someone's yeah. trying... What if there's a new, um, I would say, wine fermentation kind of home kit <laughs> where you wrap your foot in a bag and you squish the grapes as no. you walk around? No. It's do, you know, there's all kinds of like microbreweries for beer, Brad. It's all the hipsters doing. The next the wave... Is hipsters squishing their own wine with their feet, just making their own on the go. Ugh. That is gross. That is super gross. I have no idea what it would have been in that. Other than like she had blister. I don't. I don't want to speculate because it's super gross. But that was a monster. That was a straight up monster. Straight up monster. Also wearing Crocs. Like wow. Ugh. I guess if you have a bag over your foot, the only shoe that you could put on it to where it wouldn't completely impede whatever you're trying to do would be a Croc. But. Ugh. I mean, uh, Croc's better than no shoe, but not by much. True. And she said there was a sock over the foot inside the bag, right? Ugh. I, I don't. I don't even understand. Ugh. I don't even understand. Like, I don't get it. Clara Hart goes out to you in uh, the United Kingdom right now, doing this a very. Or what's left of the yeah. United Kingdom? I mean, Clara didn't tell us how okay, she voted, no. and she doesn't have to, obviously. It wasn't her. Yeah, it wasn't on. her fault, and it will always not be her fault in any situation. I think. It's de de Claire. It is not your fault. It is the fault of racist assholes. <laughs> like, ugh. And also, it's the fault of a government that allowed this to be put up for a vote because that was stupid. Pretty stupid, man. Like, of course, that dude I, like, resigned because he was the like, we'll put it up for a vote. It'll be cool. Everyone gets a say. No. I like. I don't no. like. Listen, there's just, you can't trust people with some things. Like, 
I'm sorry, like, we, this is why we can't have, like, a full, like, straight-up democracy. Uh, some people, some decisions shouldn't be left to the people, because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Dude, this is one of those decisions. Most decisions shouldn't be left up to the mass public. They're not educated. Yeah. At all. Yeah. We don't, we don't let the people decide to vote on who we're gonna bomb. Like, like, we can make those mistakes without, like, everybody getting a say. Like, Hillary Clinton getting a say is bad enough. Like, let's not let, like, the fucking rednecks decide. Yeah, that's how craziness happens. Yeah. That's how weird, restrictive abortion laws get passed that thankfully, uh, yeah, the Supreme Court smacked down. Thank you very much. Uh, I don't know, man. Um. That's, Claire, thank you very much for calling in. Indeed. Um. I, I think, I think we need to, like, create, like, an underground railroad to get people from the UK and the US to Canada and Sweden. Mm-hmm. I believe that's what... Because it's getting bad. Yeah, it's getting pretty bad. We should all get in that Underground Railroad. I think, uh, is it Elon Musk who's doing it with that that hyper train over in California? Uh, if the Hyperloop was just like, was secretly just a plan to escape the U.S. Oh, yeah. It's, it extends... That would be great. The loop, people might be wondering, well, where's the loop? It just kind of goes one way or another. Well, the loop is all around the Earth. You get in, and there you are. You're back over into... I'm assuming Canada at this point, even though... Oh, just get me to the free north. Though, be careful. Be careful about your stance on Santa Claus up there. <laughs> it's free enough. Oh <laughs> hey, Illyrio, can you help me get a job in, like, a free country? Please. Oh, yeah. Though I did read about... Well, never mind. I don't want to worry anyone about um, the peatlands. Illyrio, be careful. You live near peatland, just be careful, mate. Have an exit strategy. Get in that hyperloop. Indeed. All that to say to all our Canadian and UK listeners and all the listeners out there, we love hearing from you. Please tell us what's going on in your neck of the woods. Of course, there's monsters looking around. It's dark times. Um, but we enjoy you coming to this uh, show every week, and we hope we can all come together and celebrate Christmas in July and make, bring a little bit of sparkle to this uh, this time, this hot just time. Uh, go to the website, ramjackpodcast.com. You can find our phone number there to give us a call like Claire did. Or you can go to the Facebook group and join it. And you can have all kinds of neat conversations there. We love it. Yes. And guys, as we all know, Moro Silver can get wet. I insert a different battery. Also, the famous Christmas line, I am now playing the music and surprisingly it fits to your hand, the task force. But most importantly, never give a kid a gun for Christmas.
understand it. If you could only give it a try and see if we're through, your voice would float like a feather and we'd sing together our tune. Just if your shirt gets buzzed on near half dozen will do. If you can get them ringing, then we all will be singing with you. Now sing our tune. That's a good start, but try putting the notes where they belong. Again. Good, that's much better. But never give up till you know that you're singing a perfect song. We know that you can do it, that you can do it, our tune. Your every friend is getting as a great duet beside you. him how to do it with a photograph or a diagram of the human brain or some such silly scheme never tickle his funny bone and watch him scream <laughs> well the same is true of music as i think you see it's a little more than someone saying do rain me it's a little like jumping out in space with no firm ground below Give it the best that you have, maybe up and away you'll go. The time is now, we're showing you how it's over to you. Your voice will float like a feather, let's all sing together our tune. Come take that chance, that physical dance, no time for review. And with those notes you're bringing us, we all will be singing with you. Now you try it, Artu. Oh, Artu, I knew you could do it. I knew it. Again. Now get your circuits together. Are you ready? Take a solo! Listening to Dragnet for the solution to an actual case from official police files. Now, here's a real solution to many of your Christmas shopping problems. If your friends smoke a long cigarette, give the best of long cigarettes, Fatima. Give Fatima for quality. The name Fatima has always stood for the best in cigarette quality. Give Fatima for flavor. Fatima has a much different, much better flavor and aroma than any other long cigarette. Give Fatima. They're extra mild. Yes, Fatima is the long cigarette which contains the finest Turkish and domestic tobaccos superbly blended to make Fatima extra mild. Yes, extra mild. So give Fatima for Christmas in the attractive golden yellow carton. It's the long cigarette that has doubled and redoubled its smokers. Yes, more and more smokers every day agree. Fatima is the best of all long cigarettes. <laughs> 